This is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1733. Previews! Comic, 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 Previews time. Previews time it is, brethren. Thanks to all out there who are joining us for our monthly romp <laughs> through the previews catalog and, of course, the Marvel and DC catalogs as well. As always, brethren, I look forward to this with bated breath. It is one of the, it is a, is a tonic for the spirit, as I like to say, and a highlight of the week. And in the case of the previews, a highlight of the month. And as always, I like to. I look forward to Murd telling us who we're sponsored by. Indeed. Oh, that's right. I I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Um, well, uh, I, I at least know who it is. Um, uh, this episode of Comic Geek Speak, as every previews episode of Comic Geek Speak is, is sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service. Uh, visit them at dcbservice.com and uh, use them for all of your online comic book pre-ordering needs. They're, they're known for their deep discounts, their excellent customer service, and, of course, their bundles. Every month they uh, offer special bargains uh, in, under which uh, customers can order a set of comics uh, with a certain trait in common, like uh, everything that fits into a certain storyline or a certain publishing initiative, everything coming out from a certain publisher. Um, and uh, you can buy the whole schmear for 50% off. Uh, Marvel. There's a couple of Marvel bundles offered this month, as most months. There's a DC Vertigo bundle uh, for 50% off, um, and uh, they, they offer uh, specials every month. I mean, uh, DC and Marvel uh, hardcovers and trade paperbacks are always 50% off right off the bat. And uh, monthly uh, or single-issue comics from those publishers start at 40% off. There are also... Uh, Certain special uh, products offered in each month from DCBService.com that are uh, offered at an even greater discount than that, uh, 50 or as high as 75% off in some rare, precious instances. And uh, we'll be talking about a couple of uh, the things that are being offered at uh, the 50% discount in this month's catalog at DCBService.com as we go. Uh, so uh, visit them, check them out, uh, try placing an order from them. You can Select uh, how frequently you want them to ship uh, your your comics to you, either uh, monthly or twice a month. Uh, there are a few options available there. You can, for a small extra fee, have them bag and board your comics for you, and you can choose from a variety of grades of bags and boards. Um, yeah, they're, they're a very congenial company, and uh, they do offer some of the best uh, pre-ordering bargains to be found on the Internet. So, dcbservice.com, uh, there are our... Uh, oldest surviving sponsor. They're a great company in which we all believe, and we're very happy to have them uh, sponsoring this and all previews episodes. I was just going to say, and if, and if you hear something that sounds like typing in the background, it's probably because I'm looking up the DCBS discount. Ah, <laughs> if you hear something that sounds like horse yapping in the background, it's because I've got a 13-year-old golden retriever in the room. It's just, it's just old school sorry, CGS, I, that's all. And I'm sorry, I just, I just realized I made a comparison between uh, Ian and a Portageon, and I apologize for that, sir. 
<laughs> I didn't even hear it. So it's. <laughs> I said Johnny on the spot. That's eh, fine. It's fine. I'm a wizard. This stuff. <laughs> I want to mention that since I closed my store back in 17, I switched over to DCB service and I've been nothing but satisfied. Uh, you know, they're very quick to respond. Like sometimes I, I, I tend to forget a book I want and they, they always add it to a later shipment very quick in their responses. The packaging is excellent. Um, rarely if ever do they ever do they make mistakes in terms of what they're sending you superb on every level you know generous discounts and i know for my 18 years as a retailer they're giving about as good as a discount as they possibly can yep um on these books so in fact i i sometimes wonder how they make any money on some <laughs> of the books uh i guess it's bulk 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 but um wonderful company on every level definitely when i was when i was making regular monthly orders i was with them for years and never really had a problem the entire time and uh for for quite some time they were a sponsor of my show back in the day so very much honor and respect them out there and uh they're in indiana correct uh they had temporarily moved but uh they have now moved back again that's what i thought okay cool yep well, good stuff over at DCBS and good people. All right. Let's get started with Image, as always. All right. Okay. Let's see their gem of the month start things off with uh, thumbs number one. Writer is uh, Sean Lewis, art and cover by Hayden Sherman. Imagine someone like Mark Zuckerberg created his own army of tech-obsessed teens and directed them to take on the government. What would the fallout be? Well, that sounds very intriguing and weirdly <laughs> like accurate. DMZ meets the social network. Exactly. <laughs> I am. I am. I am into that. That that's very very today. And uh, the preview pages look uh, delightfully bleak. In, in the art style. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this as well. I mean, I, I don't, you know, fancy the idea of Mark Zuckerberg taking on doing anything that I would see as furthering our society. But <laughs> um, that aside, uh, and to tech-obsessed teens, I can assure you, is a double-edged sword in mm -hmm. so many ways. Yep. But, hey, if they can save us, great. <laughs> and if they can't, uh-oh. <laughs> And that's no, a, it's it's an interesting concept. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's a, that is uh, one of the fifty percent off uh, items you can find at DCBS for two forty nine. All right. What else, an image, gentlemen? Well, flipping through these pages, I'm finding I have only two image books marked uh, this month to purchase. Oh, okay. Hmm. One is on page fifty nine, and that is issue number forty five and last of uh, the Wicked and the Divine. Oh wow. And, uh, Kieran Gillen and uh, Jamie McKelvey. So that's ending. And the other one is Paper Girls, number 29, on page 83, and that's ending next month. Oh, boy. Yeah, Paper Girls, I mean, it's it's, it's Vaughn. So I, I read it, loved it. Unfortunately, I fell off of it, not because it's not great, just because of time, budgets, things like that. So I, that, that book I'll finish in the, when the trades come out, but uh, magnificent. And, Murd, I wanted to ask you, because you talked about this book before. I've yet to read Wicked and the Divine. Um, I, I, you've, you've told me, you've, you've relayed to me before with the premise of it, which sounds fascinating. So I, I assume you would, you would concur that it's well, well worth reading in one shot when the whole thing is collected. 
Oh, well, it's hmm, going to be a pretty big shot, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. All right. We, we, we get in the, five we, issues plus several one shots. Yeah. There, there okay. A few of those over the years. I've read about three volumes of Wicked and the Divine, and, and I've enjoyed what I've read. I just need to catch up on everything else. I own most of it. I just haven't had a chance to go ahead and read more of it. Uh, but that is another one that, uh, similar to Invincible, they put out in, uh, in oversized hardcovers over the years. So if you did want to try to, you know, in, ingest more than just, uh, you know, the typical six-issue trade, that option is available to you. And I'm sure you can get it at a discounted enough mm-hmm. price at times. I wanted to mention page 72. I'm just jumping ahead. The latest issue of Criminal, uh, which is the noir masterpiece by Brubaker and Phillips. Uh, The last couple issues were a wonderful story uh, about a really down-on-his-luck great comic book creator near the end of his life who goes to a con. It's it's for the perspective of like his young handler, and he's very difficult – and, and and there's there's a, a, a intrigue and controversy about some of his art that's missing and 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 so forth. It's the pathos in the story. I mean, it's it's it's, it's it definitely borrows some aspects of actual history involving various comic book creators. I mean, Brubaker and Phillips are one of the greatest teams working in the medium, and have been for the past several years, beyond a decade or more, really. Uh, I can't recommend recommend this series enough. Every there's 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 characters that link various arcs together, so it's great if you can read it from the beginning. But you can also pick up individual arcs and, and plunge, and you'll still you'll still get the, the real effect. But definitely one of the best books out there, without question. What else from Image? Uh, I'm I'm interested in in this in this new series uh, that uh, David Hine and Brian Haberlin are putting together. Uh, Sonata number one. Mm. Uh, the uh, it's it's one of their highlights. Uh, so it's it's first mentioned on page fifty four, uh, and uh, I've been looking for something more in the realm of like saga to fill that hole. And and oh. this and this sounds, while not the same as saga, it does sound familiar. Um, and uh, it's David Heim, Brian Haberland, and Gerard Van Dyke. Uh, Gerard Van Dyke is uh, known for his art on uh, Spawn. And medieval spawn, and also some witchblade stuff, but it involves uh, uh, two two planets clashing on what they believe is their promised land. Uh, one is a lot more peace loving, known in the Rons, uh, while the Tyans are are a warrior race, and uh, they're they're battling each other to try to claim this land as their own. And uh, from from the looks of it, uh, the art is actually way less spawny or witchblady than I was thinking it would be. Um, a, a little photorealistic, sort of John Cassidy in appearance, but uh, it works nicely with the, with what's being presented. So I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued with what's with, with, with what's going on here, and uh, maybe I will give this first issue a shot. If not, I'll, I'll wait until issue six comes out, because usually that first volume is uh, is pretty cheap for, uh, for image trades uh, if they you know go by previous experience. But... It is being offered, and, and I believe it's also fifty percent off this this month. And speaking of John Cassidy, we'll be talking about him a bit later. Ha ha! There you go. Uh, also resolicited this month is one of uh, Paul Pope's first works, uh, which which I've never read. And considering that uh, that the, the the miniseries he did with Batman is still to this day one of my favorites that I've ever read. Um, it was, uh, what was it? Batman year 1000, I believe it was. Yeah, I've never read that story, actually. I love it. It's, it's so, 
you know, future futuristic sci-fi uh, year 100. That's what it was called. I'm sorry. Uh, but it, it very much it takes everything that works great about Batman and sets it in a time period of 2039 uh, and uh, sort of adds like almost like a Dark Knight Returns feel, but also making it uh, unique in its own way. And Paul Pope's art is just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous and works beautifully for the story being told. And this is uh, one of one of the first things he ever put out called Heavy Liquid. It's the uh, 20th anniversary of that series, and it's being mm. re, re, uh, reissued here by Image uh, for the uh, issue one, one through five of that series. Um, and uh, it's another uh, uh, take on uh, New York set in a sci-fi metropolis setting uh, where uh, the, a man named S becomes entwined in a mystery. Uh, that's filled with love and drugs, and uh, and it sounds like what a lot of people think that New York said the future is going to be like. But uh, love and drugs. Yep, well, there, there you there go. There are worse states. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's written and drawn by Paul Pope, and uh, it's featured on page sixty-one of the catalog. And uh, I'm seeing if they have an extra discount for that one on DCBS. I'll let you know in a moment. But uh, yeah, the, uh, anything Paul Pope, I need to I need to try at least once, and I've never tried this before, so I'll give it a shot. It's forty percent off on DCBS, so you can get it for fifteen bucks. All right. Anything else for Image, gentlemen? You want to shout out? Mm, taking a look real quick. Uh, they are actually releasing. Uh, I know we mentioned about it in uh, in passing uh, previously. But they're releasing Volume 4 of Hit Girl as a trade, uh, the first four issues of that series. Uh, that's the series that Kevin Smith wrote about Hit Girl, uh, Hit Girl in Hollywood. So I, I will have to give that a shot since I, I did read the uh, first volume of Hit Girl. never read the other ones after that. But Kevin Smith writing Hit Girl has me interested, so I'll give it a, I'll give it a go. Just, anything else for Image? That's just about it. Uh, not a thing. I've said my piece. Right. <laughs> that's just about it from me. Then. Yep, Dark Horse. Well, I always, I mean, I do this every month because it's just mandatory is to just laud Black Hammer because I have to because it's one of the best books being produced today. Um, I won't go on ad, ad infinitum or ad nauseum depending on your perspective, but if you love Golden Age comics and you want to see them revisited with a real sordid underbelly, this is where you should be. <laughs> hmm. And I have in front of me Black Hammer 45 number one. I was wanted to read it before tonight, but I just couldn't get to it in time. So I'll have a review on that uh, next comic talk or next previews. But man, Jeff Lemire, God, just tremendous. Definitely, I mean, and this is a this is a superior comic that you you know he probably has an ending in mind. There's such gra- there's such gravity to these stories. Uh, uh, and and he, he so pulls from you know various concepts from the from the from the superheroic world like there's there's kirby concepts in there for example it's it's great stuff page 97 uh you know but mentioning mentioning hellboy this month because there was a movie that just came out uh didn't do so well in the theaters but really it, yeah did not did not live up to expectations uh, neither review wise nor uh amount of people going to see it wise wow did it, did it come and go uh, it very well might. 
Um, Yikes. It, it just got released this last Friday and uh, underperformed. Uh, they'll probably give it a few more weeks to see if it can regain a little bit, but uh, did not get very well reviewed. Uh, people I've, who, who, who are into Hellboy as a comic that I, that I know that saw it did enjoy it for what it was, but it's very much okay. an R-rated Hellboy mm-hmm. Yeah, and one that uh, did not have much. Uh, even though I thought this was the case, but apparently it's not. Did not have much Mike Mignola input in the process of being made, um, which is disappointing to hear. But hmm. uh, there is definitely plenty of Mike Mignola input in Hellboy and the BPRD, the Beast of Argu, uh, the one shot that's being released this month uh, by Dark Horse on page ninety-seven which is supposed to be entering a new era of the BPRD with uh, art by Duncan for... Uh, oh, I love by, Duncan for Grado's Yeah, Duncan, Duncan for Grado's on that as well. Yeah, I, I, it looks it looks like it's uh, pretty cool from the uh, from the preview pages on there and uh, sets BPRD in a new setting and uh, will springboard here, chances are, into either more miniseries or ongoings after this, but... Yeah, the, the last series ended, and now here we have the next generation or next setting for BPRD to come. I want to mention on page 101, Snow Glass Apples hardcover. Writer Neil Gaiman, artist Colleen Duran. A chilly fan- fantasy retelling of the Snow White fairy tale by New York Times bestselling creators Neil Gaiman and Colleen Duran. Wow. Anybody know anything about this? Uh, what, what page was that? Page 101. Page 101. Uh, yeah, this is a story that Gaiman wrote like 25 years ago. But uh, now it's being illustrated by Colleen Doran, and uh, that, uh, that cover image is, is gorgeous. It sure is. Whew. Huh. Nah, that that's... Again, this is news to me. But any anything with uh, with with Colleen Duran uh, art and Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman writing has me intrigued. So I'll I'll, I'll give it a shot. Wonderful. Yep. I always love going through the dark horse section because you, you just you never know what you're going to find. <laughs> you know, there's, so, there's, there's a wonderful variety. I mean, they've unfortunately they've lost a lot of their licensed properties. Okay. I was going to say we've been a couple of things for, you know, for 25 years. Yeah, but give them give them credit. They're still trying to you know to deliver the goods with with a wide variety of, of material um, and some some great creators. Um, and who can who cannot talk about Archie versus Predator? <laughs> On page one hundred eight. Now this is a reprint. This is a trade collecting them issues. I, I didn't even know this mini series existed. Um, but what I got to read here because this is the best part. As the unparalleled fierceness of Betty and Veronica lures the trophy collecting Predator to Riverdale. <laughs> well, he is drawn to conflict and heat. So. <laughs> Oh boy! And on the cover, he's got he's he's impaled, uh, you know the, the predators, you know the the telltale like wrist gauntlet that has the blades come out of it. Jughead's crown is impaled on it. Uh oh. I got I got something on page one hundred seven. Uh, that mm. so it's right before then. Uh, the Borges by Jodorowsky himself and 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 Milo Manara. Alejandro Jodorowsky is one of those characters that I I never quite know what he's going to put out. Um, and I, I've mentioned before on this show, I believe, but uh, the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune is one that you should definitely watch if you have any interest in the in the Dune property on the movie that was almost made by Alejandro Jodorowsky back in the seventies. 
but mm. but he is a uh, a prolific and often strange creator, and and this is his take on the Borgias, and uh, and their whole their whole dynasty and history, uh, with uh, with Milo Minara art. So it's it's ba- bound to be stunning. Um, Did you say he was going to do a, mo- a mo- version of Dune back in the seventies? Yes, uh, long, long before the, the the version that that was made, and actually a couple of years before Star Wars. And wow, had had he even uh, decided to make it, perhaps after Star Wars had come out, we may have seen that version just because so much of so much of what he had idea wise and storyboard wise wound up being reused in so many sci fi movies to come after that, including Alien and Star Wars that uh, he was just too, too ahead of his time with the concept. But yeah, then again, it might have been might have been so weird that it would have sucked. But we'll never know. Well, because you know it's funny because I, I was looking on Amazon Prime uh, yesterday because I, I, I would routinely put movies on from it while I'm doing schoolwork mm-hmm. in the background, and um, they have they've added Dune to it. I haven't seen Dune, the David Lynch you know version, and since it came out in the theater, right? mm-hmm. my parents took it to me as as a kid. I had never read the books. I had no clue what the hell was going on, um, so I, I may have to watch that again because I, I, I haven't seen it in I, thirty years. So, <laughs> I saw it in theaters. Actually, I saw it. Uh, I saw it in theaters in re-release uh, at uh, I believe it was Nighthawk Cinema that I saw it. Yes, uh, in, in in Williamsburg, uh, Brooklyn. They uh, they had uh, had a limited release uh, of it. Uh, I actually watched the Jodorowsky's Dune documentary like the day before, and then watched Dune. And and realize you know what we could have had, and then the very different strangeness that we actually got. <laughs> so it was it was an experience that weekend, to say the least. I felt like I was on LSD. I'll watch it again, and we can talk about it. Sounds good. I want to mention page one seventeen, Erie Archives, volume twenty seven, the final volume collecting the entire Erie series, the old you know the old Warren series. Issues 132 to 139, including stories by Don McGregor. You know, I love when a company sticks at it and really does the, the, a tribute and reprints an entire series like this. Fantastic. Disney properties abound here. Very much so. I'm liking uh, the uh, Snow White retelling here on pages 118 and 119. Uh, just in time for the 81st anniversary of the movie's release. Uh, uh, it's a three-issue miniseries uh, retelling the movie storyline with uh, first-person narrative captions for Snow White herself. Huh. Uh, art by uh, Gabrielle Bagnoli, and it looks uh, – it is very nice. I like that art style. And written by Cecil Castellucci as well. That's uh, hmm. that's some uh, – yeah, no, that's some good pedigree. Uh, anything else for Dark Horse? It's kind of – we're kind of already kind of near the end of it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to wind up picking up Disney Frozen Reunion Road, but uh, that 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 trade paperback is out there for the kiddies. All right, you guys ready for uh, DC then? Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? I got one more for you. Since Please. since since they're giving me a chance to say to 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 mention manga early on here, I may as well take the bait. On uh, on page one twenty two, they've got Dangan Rumpa, another episode, Ultra Despair Girls, Volume One. That cannot be more of a Japanese title if it tried. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is uh, this is actually a missing story that goes between uh, the original uh, Dangan Rumpa manga 
and and a recently uh, published manga series, uh, the 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 sequel to that. Um, and I, I've heard about this series. I've never actually touched on it myself, but it looks pretty cool. It's about a uh, Naegi, uh, the younger sus- sister of the original story's protagonist, M- Makoto, teaming up with her brother's fellow survivor, gloomy romance author, Toko Fukawa, also known as the crazed serial killer, Genocide Jack. So it's uh, <laughs> very much a, uh, uh, you know, a sort of a dark horror crime, noir, crazy, insanity, Japanese manga goodness right there. So uh, got to give that a shot. And it's also uh, also based on a series of video games. So anybody who's uh, has the uh, PlayStation or Windows game uh, uh, may be able to check that out. But this is an in-betweener for that that's collected in, tra- in, uh, in trade slash manga slash whatever you want to call it. So give that a go. All right. Where, you got anything else for Dark Horse? Um, I was going to give a brief mention to on page 115, uh, Troy Nixie's Trout, a uh, four-issue miniseries featuring that character called The Hollowest Knock, um, created by Nixie with art by uh, color by the great uh, Dave Stewart. And I don't know anything about Trout, uh, but uh, it was uh, the the character was created uh, by Nixie in the early 2000s uh, when he was working at Oni around the same time as he put out Jenny Finn. And uh, it's just going to be uh, high strangeness with kind of a Victorian flavor. Hmm. Yeah, the art, the art looks very EC. I don't know if that's... That's uh, always a good thing. Yeah. Interesting. All right. That, that, that's all I've got. Cool. All right. DC. DC. Open the Okay, now, Ian, are you, are you reading Superman? I still have not caught up. Uh, hopefully, by the next comic talk we have, I'll, I will have I will have gotten close to caught up, if not entirely. But uh, I, I still have some uh, some catching up to do. So Leviathan, because mm-hmm. I got to I got to get in on this because I've been hearing a lot of good things. Is a lot Leviathan like a subversive group, like the daddy of all subversive groups now? Um, I think that's the group that uh, Talia Al Ghul has been heading up. They're just oh, kind okay. of weird. Your standard uh, evil organization, kind of like Hydra. Okay, because from, from from the ad I've been reading over the past few months, it seems like they're just wreaking havoc in the DC universe. And you know, on, on the first page of the DC catalog, we have Event Leviathan number one, written by Brian Michael De- Bendis, art and cover by Alex Malev. So this I will pick up. It's the it's this is apparently an, an overarching uh, story involving Leviathan's uh, attempt to further. Uh, so havoc across the DC universe. Is is this the first time we've seen Renee Mont- Renee Montoya question in the new Fifty Two? It might be because you may remember huh. uh, a few years ago. Remember that the character Pandora, yeah, and her Trinity of who, sin? who can forget <laughs> her, the Phantom Stranger, and a uh, a reimagined mystical version of the question. Uh, I think DC may have uh, backpedaled and retconned uh, that uh, take on the question and just uh, returned it to uh, uh, street-level roots. Um, Mm. Yeah, from what I've... uh, A little while... On my last Time Bubble episode, I talked about uh, Johnny with an eye, Thunder, Mm -hmm. uh, the 80s uh, private eye character created by Roy and Dan Thomas uh, with help from Jerry Conway. Uh, And I said on that episode, uh, when is Brian Michael Bendis going to learn about this character? Somebody on Twitter... And I thank this person, uh, said, uh, well, forwarded to our Twitter account, uh, 
a tweet that somebody sent uh, to Brian Michael Bendis saying, nobody tell Bendis that this character exists. And it showed a picture of uh, Johnny Thunder's uh, 90s who's who entry. <laughs> and uh, Bendis tweeted back just like, hashtag DC event Leviathan. So from what <laughs> I've heard, uh, this uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, focus on the detective characters of the DC universe. Ooh. Okay. In this event. And that in and of itself is enough to make me uh, stop ignoring this event. Oh my God, yes. Uh, yes, the, the presence of Montoya as the question is another you know, stroke in its favor. But, you know, you know, uh, we're picking it up. You know, Mert, part of me wonders if the soft reboot that happened after after Superman's origin was reset may have had something to do with some of these characters coming back as their original versions, just because that that was another way to sort of write some of the new Fifty Two stuff away, since you know. This version of Superman is now merged with New 52 Superman, and, you know, their origins got changed, and so did a lot of people's memories in the process. The overarching explanation we may ultimately get, you know, kind of the – this decade's version of Superboy Prime punching the walls of reality. <laughs> yeah. Will probably have something to do with Dr. Manhattan continuing to meddle. I'm sure that's probably what the, what the lazy way is going to be, yeah. <laughs> Keep watching the hands of that doomsday clock. <laughs> just please make sure to put on pants. <laughs> Always good you know, Speaking of <laughs> <laughs> uh, trousers. Speaking of uh, Doomsday Clock, I've decided I'm going to wait for the trade on that, gentlemen. I, I, yeah. I, I've just I've fallen off on it. I mean, I've been enjoying it, but uh, I, I think I've even, I've even missed one of the issues. So I'm going to read that in one shot when they release the inevitable hardcover or whatever. Yeah, I have I have a collection of uh, of uh, issues digitally that have just been sitting there for for essentially the exact same reason you describe, uh, Chris. Because I just I it keeps getting delayed and it keeps you know not coming out and I frankly have completely forgotten where I left off. So yeah, that's part of my problem too. My 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 increasingly oppressive middle age. I like I don't even remember what the hell's going on. So that's as much a comment on me as it is on on the you know the schedule of the book. Yeah. So. Um, let's look on page two and three. So under the DC's black label, Superman Year One, written by Frank Miller, art by John Romita Jr. and Danny Mickey. Hmm. So here's here's my here's my thing about this entire series existing. Um, <laughs> for years, Frank Miller has gone on record to saying he's not really that big a fan of super, uh, of Superman. Right. Hmm. And now here he is writing his origin. Um, I'm a bit trepidatious about it. I'm not saying it won't. It, it could. It could surprise the hell out of me. It's just usually from experience when someone has gone on record to say that they're not a big fan of Superman and they try to write Superman, it, we get a version that is not to the liking of fans of Superman. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I mean, the the art couldn't uh, couldn't be more gorgeous. So it, it's it certainly has that going for it. But we'll have to see what the actual story is. Yeah, I mean, I'll at least try the. It's pricey too. It's seven ninety nine, sixty four yeah. pages. Um, I'll at least try the first issue. It's oh yeah. prestige format. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, some of my my all time favorite stories were done by Frank Miller. So I, I always, you know, I always give anything he does a try. I mean, I haven't been as enamored with some of his later work. Um, plus, I don't know. Sometimes I get the sense that he's kind of off the rails. But, <laughs> um, 
but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, um, I'll never be able to, I'll never be able to fully get over Holy Terror, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll definitely try this just for the creators alone. But 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 no, on DCBS it's fifty percent off for three ninety nine. All right, look on page six uh, five and uh, uh, our Baltazar and Franco, Superman of Smallville. Hmm. Is this an OGN or is it a reprint? No, it's no, it's it's a original book, right? Uh, I think so. Cause I yeah, I, yeah. All right then, huh? That's pretty cool. I'm down with that. Very, absolutely. I love these guys. Yeah, absolutely. And they were wonderful guests at the last Super Show we did back in 2013. Yes. Um, Big very abducting them and holding them prisoner in a warehouse. <laughs> 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 Wait, say that again, Mert. They accused us of abducting them and holding them prisoner in an abandoned warehouse outside of Reading. <laughs> I mean, it's not they, too far from the truth. I was going to yeah. say, I was going to say they're half right. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> it's really uh, abandoned now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, right, right before that, by the way, on, on page four, very intrigued by, uh, and this is part of that same series that I, that I mentioned uh, on on last episode, last previous episode of uh, new takes on existing characters by outside presences uh, to to the comics world. Harley Quinn Breaking Glass, written by uh, by Mariko Tamaki, art and cover by Steve, is it Pugue? I think it's Pugue. Uh, but it's about a 15-year-old Harley Quinzel being sent to live in Gotham City. And... Uh, now Harleen is mad and turning her anger into action. She's faced with two choices. Join activist Ivy, who's campaigning to make the neighborhood a better place to live, or team up with her anarchist friend Joker, who plans to take down Gotham one one corporation at a time. So it's uh, and, and that's a uh, Eisner Award and and Coldicott Honor winning author Mariko Tamaki of this one summer. And uh, and Steve Pugh coming together for a story, a very different take, a very different story on Harley Quinn outside of continuity. Very interesting. And did, didn't they do a recent uh, – on those lines, they did one for Merrick recently too, right? Where they, they yes. did a a new take on that character um, Yep. as well. Mm-hmm. So see, again, when you go through the book, there's so many things I want to read, but I, I can't afford everything nor do I have the time. Sure. Because yeah. um, if, you know, if, if I had – Disposal income to burn. I would definitely try this book. Oh yeah. Well, uh, this is a book that I almost guarantee I'm going to find in my library at some point. Just be just for the uh, the fact that it's point. that it's for point, that's for yeah. kids. Uh, but uh, it's at least fifty percent off uh, since it is a DC book and it's a hard and it's a trade paperback. So it would only be going for eight forty nine versus the cover price of seventeen. So not nearly as bad. All right. So I have to do my. Monthly uh, euphoric outburst for Tom King's Batman. Um, I just caught up and read the last couple issues, which I won't spoil. But my God, <laughs> so far behind. I I, I, so, I need to catch up. I'm so far behind that I won't say much of anything. But just that the last couple issues. Well, the last issue was was Lee Weeks' art. Boom. That's enough right there. But um, the the story he's building. And where it's going, and I know we've talked in past months when, when Shane was joining us about this concept, the notion that we felt kind of let down with the way the wedding went. But you know what? As I read more and more of the subsequent stories, forget whatever 
the suits at the and and, and corporate wanted to do. Tom clearly has a vision for where he's going with all this, mm. and it, I think it's going to play out in a way that's going to be utterly satisfying. And I think he's I think he's slated to do a hundred issues. This is some of the best Batman I've ever read in my life as as a fan of the character. Um, in terms of you know, there's there's the classic you know stories like Year One and Dark Knight and and, and Arkham and all these Death of Robin cult. So go run down the list that are great. But in terms of an ongoing monthly book, man, doesn't get much better than this, ladies and gentlemen. Why can't David Finch do do interiors? Uh, I've, I've been seeing him do covers so much now, and that that Batman right there is calling for a freaking book. Like it's such a striking image. I mean, I I love Mikhail Mikhail Johnson's art uh, as well, but. I feel like all I've been seeing David Finch on lately is covers. Come on, man. Make it happen. Maybe he has uh, obligations elsewhere, my friend. It's possible. It's certainly Perhaps possible. Ones that are more lucrative. Yeah. I miss them, though. Damn it. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, we got a lot of monthlies. What else do you guys want to talk about? Murd, what have you? I have uh, very little. <laughs> uh, let's well, see. I'll mention on page 28, uh, Green, La- Green Lantern 8. Reuniting hard-traveling heroes. Grant Morrison, art by Liam Sharp. Green Arrow and Green Lantern together. Nice. Channeling a little bit of Neil Adams, as is appropriate. All I'll read is, I'm reading from the cop here. It's a brilliant homage to the team of old as Morrison and Sharp do the 2019 version, a story we can only call Space Junkies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that sounds about right. Uh, I'll jump back to page 20, uh, since I know you're such a huge fan of the, of the book, Chris, uh, Deathstroke number 44, Deathstroke Ugh. RIP starts here. It's, Deathstroke is dead, secretly killed at the hands of a teen Titan. Well, I, I, I just, I haven't started yet, but they have a, a new arc out. It's a crossover between teen Titans and, and uh, Deathstroke. I think it's called the Terminus Agenda. Mm-hmm. I have it here in front of me. I didn't. I want to get the wrong information. Yeah, the Terminus Agenda, um, and Priest is co-writing it with the current writer of Teen Titans, who is. I'm failing miserably here. Who is the current? Because I don't. I don't read Teen Titans normally on a regular basis. Uh, Last name is Glass. I don't know what the first name is. They just say Adam. Glass. Adam Glass. Thank okay. you. So once that story finishes out, then we'll know where where we're going here. But. As I mentioned in our last comic talk, the the, the priest run in this character because he's written the, he's written the book from issue one. It's, it's outstanding. I, yes, I know I'm a, I'm a slobbering Christopher Priest fan, <laughs> um, and I, and I'm bummed because family and school obligations. I could not get out to that Philadelphia Comic Con this past weekend to actually meet him. Darn. Um, but you know, maybe down the road, well, well who knows? Uh, but the work he's doing with Deathstroke is. is Definitely going to be. I, I would hope will be seen as one of the great, you know, arcs for the character. Mm. And of course, it's also got the great priest wit and humor in it as well. So, can't recommend it enough. But you got to go again. It's priest. You got to go back to issue one. You can't just pick it up in the middle. It's, sure. You can't. Yeah. You got to read it from the beginning. And that, don't don't see that as a burden. It's not. It's just you, you. Then you get the full, you know, nuance and subtlety of everything. It's magnificent. Well. I'll also I'll also bring up uh, on pages twenty six and twenty seven since I mentioned the uh, the beginning of it last time around. Uh, Flash Year One continues. 
as uh, issues 72 and 73 of the Flash title get further into that first year arc of the Flash. And I, I like the makeshift costume that they have him in, sort of a sweatshirt design with the Flash logo on it. And I guess he's using the, the hoodie and a mask to protect himself before he had his uh, his main costume but it's a, it's a very very striking image definitely especially that uh, that mm. that second uh cover so uh we'll, we'll see where that goes and i'm definitely gonna read that once it's all collected i'm gonna do a shout out for shane i'm jumping ahead to page 46 supergirl 31 the great mark on draco writing art by kevin mcguire and sean parsons and i know shane's shane's a big kevin mcguire fan isn't he murd Oh, yes, uh, from his yeah. days uh, working with uh, Demetrius and Giffen on uh, the Justice League series. Yep. So he's he's, he's uh, penciling, or or I'm not sure what to, if he's doing pencil or ink, I'm assuming penciling on Supergirl 31. So Shane, if you're listening, that one's for you there, honey. Saw him at uh, Emerald City Con, and he was selling a beautiful print of uh, various Superman villains. Great artist. So I think he's uh, doing some super family monthly work right now. Page 50, we've got the final issue of the uh, 24-issue maxi-series, The Wild Storm. It was uh, planned oh, wow. as 24 issues long from the beginning. It was There's actually like a little gauge on the front cover of every issue of this series, counting forward to issue number 24, which was supposed to be the end all along, and here it is. It's Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt's wholesale reconceptualization of the whole Wildstorm universe, the whole family of characters. Hmm. And it all comes to a head in uh, the final issue, uh, uh, coming out uh, on June 19th. All right. And I, and, I, and I will mention as well, speaking of final issues, uh, jumping back just for a moment to page 39, uh, that uh, Naomi... Uh, the, is going to be coming out in Seasons. That's Brian Michael Bendis's new character that he introduced into the DC Universe. Uh, the, the Naomi number six is going to be the final issue for now of the first season of that uh, with uh, art by uh, by Jamal Campbell. Uh, so that's uh, coming out this month. And uh, I guess after that, a season two will come out once Bendis has enough time on his hands to do so. I'm... Good for trades. So if you guys want to shout out the floppies, uh, please uh, feel free. Uh, let's see. Uh, Scooby Doo, where are you? Number ninety nine on page uh, on page forty three. So we're one away from the big one hundred on that one. And uh, this one uh, looks like it's a the the muddler on the disoriented express. <laughs> <laughs> So, Murd, they're thinking of you. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm sure his prize is in the mail. Yep. Huh. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It's it's muddier. On oh, the muddier. Ah, oh, man, so close. Ah. So close. Sometimes those eyes look like L's. And I think that's just about it singles-wise for me as well. Taking a look here, see if anything else catches my eye. Uh, the Terrifics number 17 has a gorgeous cover, and I really need to catch up on that series because it's the Fantastic Four in the DC Universe. So why not? How long has Gene Wen Yang been writing that? Uh, that's a good question. Um, that may be more recent because uh, I, I, I love him, and I don't remember seeing his name on it. So maybe maybe just that, since the beginning of this arc. 
have to, I'll have to look that up uh, in 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 the previous issue runs. But yeah, he's he's clearly taken over from here. All right, Murd. Now, this is the most important moment of this episode. Oh boy, here we go. I'm not spending five hundred dollars on this. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. I I didn't think you were, but yeah. let's let's just turn to page sixty-two. And you know, I just wanted to say, Murd, begin. <laughs> I wasn't really planning to say anything about it. <laughs> so I, I own much of what's uh, collected in the uh, oh various my. hardcovers included in the slipcase. Oh my god! I just it's, I just saw it. Oh my god! <laughs> make a very nice decorative footstool, but uh, it would just take up too much space in my already cluttered apartment. And even if it uh, sold for two hundred and fifty dollars at uh, DCBService.com prices. Yeah, it's, it, it collects the whole series of Crisis on Multiple Earths uh, collections, which I already have in softcover, like, which, which in turn collect all of the old uh, Crisis on Blank uh, stories that ran in the Justice League of America series throughout the 60s, 70s, and into the 80s. And then and all the, the JLA, crisis, I'm sorry, Murray, go ahead. I apologize. The, the, the annual JLA-JSA team-ups, which uh, gave you – know, and, and, and yes, the – the penchant for titling those stories with the formula Crisis on Blank is what gave us ultimately the title Crisis on Infinite Earths as a culmination of that titular trope. <sighs> and so the soft, uh, the slipcase will go on to collect uh, that and uh, the entire Crisis series, of course. A lot of the crossovers, not all of them, but a lot of them, a lot of uh, the uh, monitor appearances uh, throughout the year 1984 leading up to Crisis. Um... One or two books that actually came out after Crisis, including History of the DC Universe. Uh, and, yeah, just a, a whole uh, lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> it's going to measure 12 and a half inches by 13 and a half inches by 8 inches. And, and, well, y- and yes, it is 50% off. So, hey, you could get it for $250. Eh? Well, eh? I won't. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're a Crisis... Uh, completest i mean although murder you just said they don't have actually have every single crossover in here and uh, no there there were bound to be a few minor ones that slipped through the cracks yeah but they do have the uh, the often elusive losers special yes that uh, that is a little bit hard to find yeah. well i i again money to burn i would i would love to own this but not gonna happen 250 dollars is a lot of groceries <laughs> So, you know, page 64, Doom Patrol, the Bronze Age Omnibus hardcover. Great cover. So if you're a fan of the, of the Bronze Age Adventure, the Doom Patrol, there you go. Anybody seen that show? I have not seen it. It's next on my queue now that I have the okay. DC Universe app. So I'll, I'll give it a shot and let you know. It looks really good. Would like to see it, but it's not on actual television. So my hands are tied. Yeah. <laughs> Murd, I, I almost guarantee you eventually there'll be some sort of DVD set or something like that. And if there, if and when there is, I'll give you a holler. Oh, thank you, Ian, because I, that is one that I will want to buy. It, it looks great. It's a, it's got a period setting, Chris. Yep. Mm. And it's it's got Brendan Fraser as Robot Man. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it, it looks like just the right kind of uh, sardonic weirdness. Of- and isn't Timothy Dalton the professor? <sighs> Not sure about that. I'll have to check. I, I know he's. I know he has an appearance in the show. I'm not sure. I'm just. I'm just. I saw. I saw a, a, a advertisement for it. He was there. So uh, let's see. Looking at it, and yeah, he is actually he, Timothy Dalton right. is the chief. Yep. 
and 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 they have and they have uh, a version of cyborg in it, and they really cheaped out on his look. He's basically just wearing a sweatshirt. Yeah, I was wondering if that was cyborg or not. Okay. Yeah, that is cyborg. They uh, they for some reason decided he was a member of Doom Patrol, but uh, you know I'll see how it works in the in the overall show. Yeah. Supposed to be his Titans teammate Beast Boy that's in the Doom Patrol. Yep. But since they have him so, over in Titans, I guess they needed somebody to take his place. Okay, I want to mention on page seventy-seven. This would be money well spent, even without the discount. It's the complete Why the Last Man, the entire 60 issues. Ooh, boy. One of the greatest Vertigo series ever. It's it's Vaughn. <laughs> this is another reason why, for me, Brian K. Vaughn is the indispensable writer in the medium. I'm surprised this has not been made into a television show yet. They're working on it, but they just hit a snag. Okay. Uh, it was it was picked up by FX, and FX still says they're going to do it. They even have a cast, but oh. uh, as of I think as of yesterday, as we record this, uh, it was announced that the showrunners had decided to leave the show before it even started. So they're oh. they're now looking for different showrunners, and uh, again, they have a cast. So they they say they're going forward with the series. Uh, I will count my chickens before they hatch because. This uh, has almost happened before, so if it falls apart, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me, but it's still technically in the cards. Yeah, well, one of the greatest last issues of any series I've ever read. Yeah. I, I mean, so moving. It, yep. And this is a series, like, I, I got my wife to read it. She loved it. Like, this is, like, if you want to get, like, this is one of those series where if you want to get people to read comics into comics, you give them the, you give them the first trade. Oh, it's just tremendous. God. Vaughn. And on page 79, the Mr. Miracle hardcover. Yeah. Uh, I actually just received Mr. Miracle as a late birthday gift from a friend of mine. Uh, And it was the Barnes & Noble exclusive cover. What a swell pal. Yep. So I will be reading through the 12 issues of that very, very soon. Oh, Ian, look forward to your opinion. Uh, I I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like great stuff. I do like the cover image shown here. It's a, it's a great cover, yeah. It's a Chuck Jones duck a muck tribute. Yeah. Ha! Very um, cool. Back on page 70, we've got, uh, for the first time in paperback, um, an original graphic novel starring the Joker, uh, written by Brian Azzarello and art by Lee Bermejo. Have either of you read this story? I have not read this story. I have I, it. I, mean, I have it. It's sitting on my shelf, actually. The uh, the the hardcover of it is, uh, and frankly, the fact that they it has taken them this long to release a paperback is kind of a crime. This came out. This came out before the Dark Knight. Yeah, it's it's way back. Yep. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was. They say it was coincidental that the version of the Joker displayed here is so close to the version we got in the Dark Knight. But it's it's freaky how weird that 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 works out. It's you know almost like what what I was discussing about you know Batman and uh, and uh, and portrayals of the Joker that happened so close together. Uh, the the eighty nine movie, um, but with this one, yeah, it's 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 very good. It's very creepy. I'm hot and cold on Azarello. This was an Azarello series that I really enjoyed, and the Bermejo art really helped with that. So I, right. I, would, I would give it a shot, Murd, if you haven't before. All right. Thank you. I'm uh, Mark Grace. No problem. I, I'll actually mention on page 71, uh, just because it is one of my favorite Jeff Johns series, uh, book three of oh, JSA. Oh, so good. Yep. God. 
and, and this is a this is a huge tome right here. It's got uh, JSA All Stars one through eight, JSA Annual number one, JSA Secret Files and Origins number two, and then JSA twenty six to thirty one, plus a never before collected story from JSA Secret Files number one, and a bunch of bonus material in the back. And uh, it retails for thirty five, so. That's a get, get you no know, with the fifty percent off discount at uh, DCBS. I'd say jump on that immediately because that's and this is a series great. that got a lot of love in in the in the old days of CGS. Yep, um, indeed, well deserved too. Yeah, very it's good. A great series. Yep. Anything else for DC, gentlemen? Did it have either have either of you read Batman White Knight at all? No, I've heard a lot of great things about it, but I've not read it. Okay, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I have not read it. Okay. Well, the uh, the hardcover is being released this month, so that's uh, one version of collection. I'm sure eventually there will be uh, a a tray paperback. This is a, a uh, the hardcover edition is apparently available exclusively to Diamond accounts. So uh, so you're only going to be able to find the hardcover of this through Diamond. Same with that Miracle uh, Mr. Miracle right. hardcover that you just mentioned. So both of these are are uh, only available through the previews catalog, or of course, you know, DCBS or anything along those lines. But uh, they're or your local retailer, or your local retailer, exactly. So thirty thirty bucks uh, hardcover, so fifty fifty percent off on that, which would leave you at fifteen. But uh, I will certainly find a way to read this, whether it be digital or whether it be in my hand, sometime soon. Because like like you said, Chris, I've heard very positive things about it. Yeah. And I think that's it for DC for me. Merge, you got anything? Uh, no, that'll do it for me, too. All right. IDW. IDW. Well, I have no more excuses. I really, I've never read Usagi Ojimbo in my life. <laughs> and uh, if, if our co-founder, Brian Deemer, were here, he'd be verbally tongue-lashing me at this moment, as only he can. Issue one by the creator, Stan Sakai, a new volume. If, if it's going to happen anyway, this is the way it's going to happen. Yeah. Fifty percent off at uh, DCBService.com. I, I've heard nothing but good things about this this character. Mm. Yep, and, it's and another feather plucked from Dark Horse's cap. More's the pity. That's right. That's right. Good point, yeah. Bird. But but hey, let's look at the next page Be- <laughs> because it's about damn that. time, ladies and gentlemen. It's about damn time that Prime gets slimed. <laughs> Dude had it coming. <laughs> For years now. Transformers Ghostbusters number one. Ah, ah the 80s slash 90s kid in me is salivating right now. Ghosts of Cybertron part one. After years. <laughs> so ludicrous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> After years of civil war, the Autobots fled Cybertron, leaving their home planet in the evil clutches of Megatron and his Decepticons. Years later and millions of miles away, the Autobots pick up a Cybertronian distress signal from a mysterious planet called Earth. The ghostly signal shouldn't exist, and it'll bring Optimus Prime and his team, including a brand new Autobot, Ectotron. Face to face with the Ghostbusters. Oh, please tell me that's that's the Ecto one as a, as a Transformer. Please tell me. <laughs> hey, you got a glimpse of Ecto one in that teaser for the new Ghostbusters film. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I, I cannot wait for that, and I am I am 
so reading this. <laughs> this is just this is so ludicrously delicious. I I, I can't get enough. Ian, I look forward to your indulge report. that impulse, Ian. I will. I will. I'm not reading Star Trek Year Five, but that cover is gorgeous on page 143. Oh, wow! Taking a look right now. Oh yeah, that's that's lovely. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Let's see here. I usually don't. I usually don't have a lot to say for IW myself. Um, not because I don't think the company's greatest. I just tend not to read some of a lot of their books, but that's just because, more again because of money and time. I have a. I have one that sticks out for me actually uh, on page one forty five. Now, the the former wrestling fan in me, and I've, I've been getting a little bit more back into it lately just because so many of my friends are, are into wrestling, but I'm not going to be a week-to-week watcher. That That's just something I can't do. I have enough things to watch in my life. If I want to watch male soap operas uh, week-to-week, then I'll watch The Flash. But uh, <laughs> Jim Cornette presents Behind the Curtain Real Pro Wrestling Stories. Uh, Jim Cornette is a famous manager and and uh, in-ring personality for wrestling. Uh, for years, he was with the WWF at the time, which is now the WWE. Uh, he was also involved with WCW at times and, and other independent organizations. And uh, these are essentially his behind-the-scenes true stories being told in anthology style uh, with uh, art and cover by Dennis Midri. This actually sounds very interesting. It really does. And uh, looking from the from the art here, uh, you know they're they're going to talk about Andy Kaufman and his time on on David uh, Letterman. Uh, it looks like we've got some uh, some eighties WWF action going on. So it's uh, few, it, really fascinating stuff, and I, I something that I would definitely wind up uh, picking up uh, if if the price is right. So very cool. Iron Sheik action from the looks of it, too. Yep. <laughs> like the Andy Kaufman appearance. And somebody needs to tell Pants that Letterman is in it. <laughs> and just tell him Letterman is in it. Don't even mention yes. the wrestling Pants part of it. listening. There's a Letterman appearance. <laughs> there, somebody just told By the me. Way, actually, you know, I, I stand correct. There is something from IDW I'm going to get this month. I'm going to skip ahead to page 164, a letter to Joe. Hmm. Writer Joseph, uh, forgive me, mispronounced Siraki, art cover Kelly Williams. The premise is that the writer's grandfather was a, an American soldier, an infantryman in World War II, looks like in the European theater. And he would write letters to his wife, Josephine. Uh, Leonard is the grandfather of the writer. A- and so the, the, the grandson has researched the battles his grandfather described in his letters. And he takes the letters and he's made them into a graphic novel. Oh wow! Very cool. Oh, I'm ta- and high praise here from a, a testimonial from Matt Kent. I am absolutely ordering this. <laughs> um, again, it's World War II. It's military history, but but I love the premise. And I just know my my one living grandfather, who's who's now uh, let's see, he'll be ninety four. Yes, he'll be ninety four in August. Um, you know, he's a combat veteran of the European theater in World War II, fought in the Battle of the Bulge, for example. And uh, you know, I heard so many of his stories one of the main reasons i'm a teacher and a student of history um so this i think this book is going to have a, a real impact on me I'm, I'm really looking forward to this so that's on page 164 very cool so, so uh YDW, gentlemen victor San- um, Vic- victor santos has a new book uh that sorry sorry not to cut you off there uh Murd, but uh not at all 
Uh, just just wanted to mention uh, real quick, uh, Sukaban Turbo on page one forty nine. Uh, v- Victor Santos is the uh, is the artist, uh, and uh, the writer is Sylvain Runberg. And uh, Victor Santos, I believe, was involved with Polar, which then became a Netflix uh, series. Uh, yes, I want to see that. Actually, it's got uh, uh, Mads Mikkelsen in it. Yes, it does. Yeah, and and this and this looks uh, striking, at least from the cover and from the and from the idea here, and the fact that it's that it's set in Brooklyn certainly wets my whistle. That's uh, <laughs> your whistle. Yep. But uh, every everyone in 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 the neighborhood knows not to mess with the Sukaban tribe. Inspired by the Japanese girl gangs of the 70s, the teenagers ride scooters armed with golf clubs and ca- and cash from selling drugs, terrorizing their classmates, parents, and anyone who dares to find them. When they attack a classmate who hasn't paid what she owes, things start getting messy, and not in the fun way. I gotta remember, I never knew there were Japanese girl gangs in the 70s. I gotta look into that. The, uh, the only way that I knew was from Warriors, and that's about it. Which is a movie? Oh, <laughs> I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah, it is on the list. <laughs> and Myrtle, Myrtle, throw it back to you. Oh, okay. Uh, page one fifty-eight. Uh, Disney Afternoon Giant number five. Nice. Didn't I tell you, Ian? We'd be getting some new Dark Horse, uh, Darkwing Duck comics uh, in the good old by and by. And there well, we go. Good old by and by has come to pass. Yeehaw! All right. Still waiting on gargoyles, but I think I'll be waiting a while. Well, yeah, were gargoyles ever a part of the Disney Afternoon block as such? They were. They were. Okay, uh, and then they that, should be fair game. They should be fair game, but I, th- I think I mentioned the last time we talked about them that uh, that their their property is was sold separately than than all the other Disney Afternoon stuff. So I think it's it might be involved in like a rights battle or not belonging in the right place at the right time, that sort of thing. So who knows? So if there are extra hurdles to clear to get them into Disney Afternoon Giant, IDW probably won't be uh, yeah. running whatever gauntlet needs to be run to make that happen. Unfortunately the case, yeah. And that's IDW, gentlemen. Uh, uh, that was all I had. I'll, I'll, I'll mention one more Disney thing, since, since it's right there on page 160. Haunted Mansion, an original graphic novel. Uh, writer hmm. Cena Grace, artist and cover by... Uh, by Egil Bartolini, and it's an entire original graphic novel about the haunted mansion. So, I ghost- love that ride. Oh yeah, ghost goblins, and uh, they said, "Be sure to bring your death certificate." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Ghosts and goblins." Now I think of Billy Dee Williams' line at, at Wayne Manor in Batman movie: "Ghosts and goblins." Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Are you guys ready for Marvel? Sure. Murray, you good? Yep. Let's just start uh, slogging through All right. the war. Uh, quick uh, public service announcement. After Marvel, I do have to depart because the high school hours are already weighing upon my mind, unfortunately. Not a problem. And my body. But um, And I want to mention a couple of things after Marvel, too. But, uh, well, it's War of the Realms, folks. <laughs> so haven't read the first issue yet, so I can't really comment. Uh, but now we know how but, it's going to conclude with a sixth issue. Yeah, <laughs> but it's Jason Aaron, so I mean he's one of the great writers working in the medium today. So I'm, and he's been cu- actually. You know what? Before we get to that, I apologize. Wait a minute. The first page. Hickman. 
Yep. House of X, Powers of X. Now, this is a teaser because this comes out in July, so I'm assuming they'll elaborate on this in the next month's previews. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they look at the quote, just against a white background. Well, here's the thing, Charles. <laughs> it's not a dream if it's real. In immediately. I I can't wait, and I... I I am so fascinated by this entire thing because he's he said some stuff uh, on on Twitter about how you know like th- he's 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 working with his favorite X Men here and Marvel's just basically just told him to do whatever you want to do. Good. And, and the last huh. the last time we had that, it was with Grant Morrison. And, yeah. And yeah. That's right. So I. I look forward to seeing what comes out of this. I think that, and mo- most importantly, and I love that new X-Men arc that Morrison did. I think we'll get more lasting change out of Jonathan Hickman than we did Grant Morrison because Hickman seems to, uh, at least the way he u- usually writes things, is he still tends to write inside the lines even while going outside, while yeah. Morrison is so out there that you knew the the Magneto stuff wasn't going to stick. You know, like right. it, ha- it, ha- it had to reverse course. So who knows what this is going to bring us? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I, I, I every once in a while I pick up an X-Men comic just to keep my like my toe in the water. But because I love the characters, but I, I've been so off when it comes to following from month to month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited to read that. Yeah. Page 31. Incredible Hulk last call. All that needs to be said right now is it's Peter David. So, and and Dale is it Keon? How do you pronounce his last name? I apologize. I think it's Keon. Okay, so they're reuniting for a special oversized one shot issue. I mean, come on, just Peter David doing the Hulk. I mean, one of the all time great Hulk writers. And Hulk the, and Hulk the End was so excellent. And yes, that's, that's the last time that they worked together, and I, I can't wait to see what they do here. And when we say one of the all-time great Hulk writers, I think adding, soon to be added to that pantheon will be Al Ewing. Yes, indeed. So I wanted to mention um, a couple things. Uh, first of all, on page 35, the, the Invaders series by Chip Zdarsky is awesome because he's really exploring uh, the, 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 like the, the dark side of the Submariner, and then he's also revealing like a secret history of the character. It's so well done. Okay. Uh, I highly recommend it. I mean, I, I've been raving about Zdarsky – in general, and this series, another reason why it's it's top flight again. His reverence for the history, how he brings it all in, the Human Torch, etc. It's outstanding. Look at the cover on page forty-three. <sighs> oh boy! Oh boy! So in 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 the, our previous uh, comic talk, you know, Ian and I were raving about life story number one. Now this is life story number four, so we're not there yet. But the '90s, clearly look at look at the heavier Spider-Man. Yes, mm-hmm. oh. looking visibly paunchier. Yes, oh. and 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 I I cannot wait. I, I mentioned when we were talking about it that, that that they didn't really you know change Bagley's or uh, you know like like coloring style or anything like that much. I I am so hoping for a '90s aesthetic on the on at least the coloring. Out of the '90s, just to, I don't just, think you'd be disappointed. And by the way, the, yeah. the cover is by Chip Zdarsky, who's a damn good artist in his own right. Yes. So that that's to be continued, ladies and gentlemen. We, we'll be talking. Believe me, we'll be talking about every issue of this series. Oh yeah, without question. And I got to also rave about. I love on page fifty-four, Howard the Duck number one facsimile edition. 
a thorough ads and all reprint of that Bronze Age classic. <laughs> so, I'll, uh, uh, before we before we get too far, by the way, uh, sure. I, I wanted to mention just for Merd's sake, the resurrection of Thanos on page fifty one in Guardians of the Galaxy number six. Yep. Yep. He was apparently dead. <laughs> now he's back. <sighs> How many times this week does that make? Yeah, it's uh, dead, alive, it's Thanos, come on. 43 and a half. I wanted to point out on page 57, uh, what Ta-Nehisi Coates is doing right now with Black Panther is, is sensational. He's Again, I've mentioned this before, he's doing this epic uh, uh, space adventure where T'Challa is, is flung far out into the galaxy, into the... Into, um, the future, essentially, where, where you know Wakandan uh, explorers have started this empire that is now spans much of the known galaxy, and it's oppressive, and it's ruled by a version of Jadaka, you know, the Killmonger, uh, and he and T'Challa. He, he doesn't fully remember who he actually is, and we don't know yet why how he got there, and he's involved in this rebellion. It, it, it's it's the best stuff Coates has done for me on on, on with the character. Like I, I really enjoyed his stories in the, the current Marvel universe. This stuff is better though, and apparently in this issue they're going to start to explain how the hell this all happened. But it, it's if you like the Black Panther, this this is a classic. I, I really recommend this arc, and it's, and, and, and they're not they're not you know. Uh, being stingy on it like this this is many issues like they're really giving him the room to explore this new world is created it's tremendous huh. highest recommendation and by the way on the next page 58 59 the mark way dr strange is so damn good oh yeah um you are you reading it you're reading it in i'm reading it i'm behind though because i'm reading it on, on unlimited so i'm uh, i'm up to about uh, yeah. issue six i believe yeah it's it's one of the books that i'm going to stick with because some stuff I'm going to go to Unlimited. This I'm sticking with as long as he's writing it. Because, again, it's, it's also he's working with the great Barry Kitson. Oh, yeah. Um, or they did the JLA Year One classic, for example. Oh, Clay is coming back. Oh, God. It's always about the writing for me. If they get the right writers on I'm, I'm You just got me. You got my wallet. Well, speak, speaking of writers, 60, on page 64, the Marvel Comics Presents, number six... Charles Soule, Tim Seeley, oh, and, and Ed Brisson bring you back to the 90s <laughs> with uh, with uh, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and Deadpool. And with an Art Adams cover. Art Adams cover with Paolo Sequeira and more on, on art. I haven't checked out the Marvel Comics Presents series yet, but I, I may have to with creators like that because it seems to be a nice anthology series, and I dig those. And Wolverine in his best costume for me. Yep, which he's back in in the in the comics as of now. All right, I'm going to just shout out a couple of things, gentlemen. That I, I do have to depart. I apologize, but no problem. Uh, spring break is almost here. <laughs> so, and, and I, I say that fully knowing that most people don't have a spring break, so I know I'm lucky. So, uh, I wanted to mention. I mean, Aaron's Conan is awesome. I mean, if you love Conan, Jason Aaron was born to write Conan. It's it's. Well worth your money. So Star Wars 67 at page 87. So Kieran Gillen's last issue. So I'm interested to see who's going to take over the book afterwards because this this series, as I've mentioned many times, has essentially been flawless between Aaron and Gillen if you're a Star Wars fan. And if you haven't read this book, my God, please pick it up. It's superb. And then the next page, they, they continue the Greg Pak one-shots. Vader, Luke, 
great artists on this too. Mark Lamming, Chris Sprouse. Again, Marvel Star Wars comics have been just wow. They they've really pulled out all the stops on these. So I, I highly recommend those. Uh, I just also wanted to mention uh, there's no page number here on page uh, 100 I think. Namor the Samariner by John Byrne. This is a series I believe Jamie D loved. So it's Byrne's interesting run. When Byrne and I did our Submariner Spotlight, we talked about how, you know, Byrne introduced the idea that Namor had an imbalance when he's out of water or or the surface too long, which led to his his often uh, inexplicable behavior and his mood swings and so forth. So, have you read this series, Murd? Uh, no, but thanks to Chris Beckett, I'll have the chance. Uh, he mailed us a thick uh, packet of issues of the of the 1990 Nemo series. Very cool. So it's sometime during this 80th anniversary year, I'll I'll make the time. Chris Beckett, man, because I still got a pile of Vietnam Journal comics he sent me that I have to read that I want to talk about when I finish them. Um, what a, what a great supporter of the show. Thank you, sir. Well, kind of in keeping with that Christ Infinite Earths box set on page 104, <laughs> so Marvel's trying to uh, address that, although it's only $250 uh, SRP, the Frank Miller Daredevil box set slipcase. Okay. I mean, I have all these stories in various forms, so. Yeah. But it's it's classic stuff. Yeah, and, and anybody who goes to comic conventions can probably get pretty much everything that's in there for way cheaper than than what they're asking for. Yeah. Fine trades or even a lot of the back – I mean not the first appearance of Electra, but even a lot of the back issues. Yeah. So – but they're classics. My dear brothers, I'm going to talk about two more quick things that I do have to leave because uh, I actually have crap I have to do around the house before I go to bed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I was just reflecting when I had to uh, jump off the mic in our previous episode. If they could find a way for parents where you could really enjoy your kids when they're little because it's fun and then kind of fast forward to the teenage years. <laughs> and then you get to when they're you know adults and out of the house. Man, what a difference in my quality of life. <laughs> I'm only half kidding. Okay, now. All right, I got to mention this because – this was teased some months ago from Tashin, the great, the one, the maker of those high prestige, you know, hardcovers, um, like the huge suitcase Marvel history, the DC histories, the Stanley story, written by Roy Thomas. Now, this was written before Lee died, because uh, I believe he writes either an intro or an afterward in it. Actually, that's on page three sixty four. Um, it's two hundred bucks. I have to get this. Uh, I mean, it's going to be tight, but man. Because I, I heard a couple years ago that Thomas was doing this, and I was so excited, especially because Tash was producing it. Uh, but, it, you know, it's 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 Stanley's entire life in one massive hardcover. Well, Ten years in the making. Yeah. I see. Yeah, uh, you tell me what, what the discount is on the DCB service for this? Yeah. St- it, that would be the Stanley Universe uh, soft cover, correct? No, the Stanley Story hardcover. Stan, Stanley Story. Okay, yeah, one, one moment here, because that one, that, that weirdly enough, that also happened to be from uh, from Roy Thomas. Let's see, Stanley Story. Uh, I'm gonna have to f- put that in here. Stanley Story. Oh, 
by Lee, a novel essay, and an oh, epilogue by Thomas. I, I see it here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, you're only going to get a 20% off discount on that. Yeah. Uh, I, remember, I remember when I had the shop and we ordered some of the Tasha books. You, you, the retailers didn't get a great discount. Yeah. So that, that makes it 160 mm. I have to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, the other I'll, thing I want to mention. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say I'll take a look. To, I mean, I, I'll take a look to see if it's any different on Amazon because maybe uh, maybe the you'll get lucky there. Uh, actually, it is it is cheaper on Amazon. Yeah, they, they have pre-orders for it. Uh, they have pre-orders available. Yeah, uh, it's actually currently one twenty one oh nine. Oh, okay, that's oh. that's significant. Yep. All right, that's where I'll go. Sounds good. Um, the last thing I want to talk about was Tomorrow's because I, I can't leave a previous without mentioning Tomorrow's because it's such an important company, the work they do in terms of capturing the history of comics. Okay, first of all, back issue 114, 1970s, Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, a retrospective of the great artist Billy Graham, who was a, a close friend of Dom McGregor who, who, who died many years ago, but his work on Black Panther, Luke Cage is, is important. Uh Black Panther of the UK, Black Lightning, Black Goliath, Don McGregor, and Paul McGlacy's Saber. God, I can't wait to read that magazine. And if you're a Golden Age fan, uh, uh, a retrospective on the career of Mac Raboy, renowned for his work on Captain Marvel Jr., for example. A tremendous artist. I mean, just beautiful work. Um, that's also on page uh, 376. So, again, tomorrow's if, – if no one does a better job of capturing – you know the history, the the, the drama, the, the struggles of creators in the media, and then than that company. So, all right, brothers, duty calls. Do your duty, sir. Murd, as always, I'm in awe of you. The feeling is mutual, I'm sure. <laughs> and Ian, I, I found tonight that I discovered a whole new side of you. Uh, your rapier wit, sir. Your ability to tell awful jokes with panache. <laughs> Well, the, the more the more we uh, the more we work together, Chris. I'm sure you're going to yep. find out a lot more about me. Uh, and I'm I'm looking forward to that journey, <laughs> that misadventure. <laughs> All right, brothers, leave the rest in your capable hands, and I'll talk to you both very soon. All right, always a pleasure. Night, Take friends. care. Always wale, amike. Ah, uh, thank you, brother. Take care. Good night. Good night. And once again, sir, it's just you and me. Yep. Right. Under the breach. So I've still got a couple more Marvel things to to bring up, if you don't mind. No, not at all. I've got a few of my own. Very good. Rolling back to page 69, we've got a one-shot that deserves uh, being mentioned. Chris Claremont, Larry Hama, and Sam Keith, with art by Salvador Garroca, Sam Keith, and more. Uh, Covered by Ryan Stegman, alternate cover by Rob Liefeld. Wolverine Exit Wounds number one. Some of the greatest creators that have ever worked on Wolverine getting together for this one shot. Uh, a collection of, uh, of multiple stories about Logan. And uh, only retailing for $4.99, so it's just going to be an oversized uh, issue with some great Wolverine stories. And, uh, Do you think they're going to be new stories or reprints? It certainly looks like it's going to be new stories because uh, it's not listed in the reprint cate- uh, category. Um, mm. It just says here, uh, join Marvel's greatest storytellers for... Th- yeah, there it is right there, actually. Join Marvel's greatest storytellers for three brand new untold yep. tales there it is. of the X-Men's deadliest member. Blood, Broads, and Blades. You asked for it, bub. 
Okay, well, that does make it a little more interesting. Yep. And uh, that was the, the standout of that uh, of that general area there uh, of, uh, of the X-Men, because we're still getting through the uh, Age of X uh, with them. And uh, there's also uh, the second issue of uh, X-Men Grand Design Extinction by Ed Piscor, which I look forward to being collected and read more of it, because I still have the first collection of X-Men Grand Design to get through. Yeah, the copy makes it sound like this is the last of these uh, grand design issues that uh, Fisker is going to be putting out. Yeah, well, I I look forward to them uh, when they do, so maybe we'll get lucky and we'll get the 2000s, but if not, at least he's done what he's done. Yeah. Gone as far forward with this uh, personal monogram history of Marvel's Mary Mutants as he cares to. That's, yes, yes. I think we're all... All of us here on the show are agreed that we will read as many of those as he as he chooses to undertake. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else you got, sir? Uh, well, you know, I gave myself almost all of War of the Realms off. But uh, <laughs> you might as well mention again, uh, one of the few exceptions for both you and me. And, mm-hmm. uh, Invincible Iron Man number 13, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, oh, Tony Stark Iron Man number 13. There you um, go. Page 24. Second part of a Gail Simone fill-in in which Tony Stark fights a dragon. Gail is very excited about writing this, so we should be excited about reading it. Yes, yes, and yes to that. Turn the page on that on pages 26 and 27. Uh, the Black Cat gets her own ongoing series. Ha! Huh. By creators Jed McKay and Travel Foreman. Okay. She's had a few miniseries in the past. I own a couple of them, but uh, this is going to be her first monthly series. And I think I will give it a look. Um, yeah, that's going to be 50% off on DCBService.com, the first issue. You know, it was a couple of, uh, it was a couple of pages back, and I, w- I won't touch on it that much, but I, I didn't realize that, uh, or maybe I did bring it up in a previous episode and I've forgotten, but uh, the McElroys are writing a comic for uh, for Marvel. Uh, they're they're the guys behind the Adventure Zone, uh, one of the most popular Dungeons and Dragons uh, po- uh, podcasts that's that's currently out there. Um, and uh, they're they're working on, I believe, the Journey in the Mystery uh, that's that's been coming out of uh, of War of the Realms. But, ah. but I, uh, I I I was not aware of that until until now. And now that I am, I uh, I guess there's going to be a lot of Adventure Zone fans picking up uh, a random five issue miniseries of out of out of Marvel, because uh, yeah, that's 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 actually pretty huge that they're that they're working for uh, for the big wigs this time around. Hmm. Yep, yeah. I just found it. It's on page uh, pages six and seven. Yep, they they also do my brother, my brother and me, which is a very very popular uh, podcast. So. Fans of the McElroys, go ahead and check that out. Okay. And I have another uh, War of the Realms exception as well. Mm-hmm. On page 20, uh, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. They're, they're using uh, this Asgardian-centric event as an excuse to te- to reteam. Uh, well, I shouldn't say reteam because uh, a Squirrel Girl has uh, been in conflict with this character before, but mm-hmm. uh, they're forced into an alliance here uh, with uh, possibly the most famous squirrel in all of world mythology, Ratatosker. Nice. Who dwells on the, in the branches of Yggdrasil, the world ash. <laughs> sure. Why the hell not? She's going to wind why up teaming up with it. Is right. Yeah, she's going to wind up teaming up with everybody eventually anyway. Yeah. And uh, beating them all, of course. Exactly. Because she's the most powerful. 
What, what do you think so, of this uh, this Silver Surfer miniseries? I think I'm surprised Chris didn't bring it up. Yeah, because look at the look at the Tradmore front cover there for the first issue. It looks just like those old '70s black light posters he's always enthusing about. I was just gonna say, yeah, and uh, and Donny Cates as well. Yeah, 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 which is a name that uh, carries a certain weight these days in Marvel Cosmic. Uh, it's a five-issue miniseries spinning out of recent events in the uh, latest volume of Guardians of the Galaxy. It sounds like uh, the Silver Surfer and a lot of other Marvel cosmic heroes have been tossed right out of the Marvel Universe via a black hole. And this is uh, this, the story of how the Surfer fights his way back. Yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, it looks like a good, uh, self-consciously trippy cosmic. Yep. And I'm, I'm usually in the mood for that. So, yeah, I think I'm going to try that also. They're 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 pimping their quote unquote young guns again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the very selective uh, uh, cross section of uh, past laureates. Yeah, their 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 version of young guns is our version of uh, of uh, you know best new creator. Somebody's somebody who could be around for ten or fifteen years, but uh, are still being called young. Like all right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How many times can we nominate someone for break uh, breakthrough talent? Exactly. <laughs> Page thirty nine. There's a amazing sp- uh, so spectacular spider ham comic here. It's a oh, yeah. it's a Spider Man annual, but it focuses on uh, a little uh, porcine guy. My, written by uh, Jason Latour too, with uh, with some David Lafuente and uh, Jason Latour art. Uh, if memory serves, they're they are the uh, the ones behind uh, Spider Gwen, if I'm remembering correctly. So rings a bell. Yep, and she's she's involved with the issues, so that wouldn't surprise me. The end of the uh, the, the the fallout from the hunted in Amazing Spider-Man number twenty three, and then twenty four looks looks to be just a rando issue, and then apparently the landmark twenty fifth issue comes out next month. I don't know exactly what's going to make it a landmark, but I guess we'll find out. Definitely agreeing with Chris's earlier praise for the Doctor Strange series, pages 58 and 59. Mm-hmm. Galactus goes outside the Marvel Universe, feeds in another dimension, gets supercharged, and comes back and picks a fight with Eternity. That's <laughs> that's a can't miss. Uh, Mark Wade, you, you come up with the best ideas. Yeah. It looks like Barry Kitson is not only uh, providing the pencil work, but is also co-writing. Very cool. Did you did you hear by the way that uh, Mark Wade? Uh, it's not in this in this previews, but uh, he's going to be writing an ongoing Invisible Woman series. I did not, but uh, I can't imagine I won't be reading it. Yep. Actually, my apologies. It's not an ongoing; it's unlimited. But uh, but at the same time, it's uh, also still the first time she's ever appeared solo. Uh, in in a Marvel comic, so that'll, yeah, that'll, it's that'll, kind of shameful that it's taken <laughs> over half a century for that to happen. Yep, one hundred percent agree with that. Page sixty five. We've got a new Marvel team up series. It's uh, on issue three. Issue one just came out uh, last week, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was uh, teaming up Spider Man and Ms Marvel. And we're on issue three, and it's still a team up between those two characters. <laughs> And that's nothing against uh, Kamala Khan, of course, but yeah. that's just the reason I'm not collecting that series. I'm usually a sucker for team-up titles. Sure. Uh, but uh, when the team-ups are done by arc rather than by a single self-contained issue, I tend to lose interest. 
I, I, there's a romance brewing in Runaways that uh, that has me interested just because it's not one that has ever happened before between these characters. So I uh, I look forward to catching up on my Runaways so I can get to issue 22 as it appears that uh, Gert and Victor may be having some uh, interesting goings on happening. So we'll see how that goes. Victor is the the spawn of Ultron, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's uh he was a member of that short-lived uh, Avengers all robot team for a while. That was uh, right. that was headed by Vision, I believe. And he is a member of the extended Vision family as seen in the Tom King maxi series. Yep. And when when the uh, when the Runaways series starts, he's actually just ahead from uh, from events <laughs> that happened in that series. So that's uh, that says a lot. Uh, let's see. I think I've uh, pressed beyond the uh, single issue section of the book. How about you, Ian? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the only thing I'll point out is that on page 81, it looks like uh, Rachel Summers has returned entirely to her Phoenix persona. As I, I see the uh, the old school red spiked costume there. From, right, from the hound her. suit. Yep. So, uh, mm-hmm. A little it, Excalibur nostalgia there. Yep. Now, I'll... It seems like I'm I'm listening to more X Men than I've been than I've been reading X Men lately. So I'll probably just wait until Jay and Miles get to that ten years from now. <laughs> <laughs> are they the guys who explain the X Men? They are indeed. Yep. I think I think right now I'm up to uh, right around Inferno with them. So I'm still at least a year or so behind on the episodes. But uh, Inferno is a lot to get through, to say the least. Yes, indeed it is. All right, one thing in the collection section that I must touch upon briefly is on page 109. Uh-huh. And you know why. Let's see. I'm trying to... You know why better than I do. Oh, hold on. Let's see. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There we go. Oh, yep. Most definitely. Yep. Yep. I was looking around for single issues of Immortal Hulk at Emerald City. Didn't find a one. Ah, that's so a shame. I will. Yes, yeah. When, well, as soon as this comes out in paperback, I'm going to be on that like green on a Goliath. Well, you know, I think I think the paperback may already. Yeah, no, the, there are definitely paperbacks available because I have the digital edition of Volume Two. So uh, the the paperback, I think they went paperback first, and now they're going hardcover. Wow, that's not the way it usually works. But uh, yep. That's something I'm going to have to look into immediately then. Yep, yeah. Uh, volume 1 came out on December 3rd, 2018, and uh, Volume 2 came out on February 25th of 2019. So okay, so that's two volumes in trade paperback that I could be reading right now. That is correct. Okay, hello, Amazon. <laughs> and uh, Volume 3 will be available on May 27th. So, yeah, they've, they've, they're definitely getting on this... Uh, on this train as fast as they can possibly put them out because they know it's doing well for them. Mm. And I'm very eager to learn uh, the reasons why. Yep. I'll go one page up just because I have to mention it because it's so, so silly. Marvel Universe by Rob Liefeld Omnibus Hardcover. You Rob Liefeld fans go nuts. (laughs) You want to pay a hundred bucks for it? Uh, then don't go to DCBS because you'll be paying fifty. But still, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's 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 plenty right there. And uh, you're getting 
You're getting pretty much everything. Early Liefeld artwork featuring the X-Men, X-Factor, Spider-Man, and Black Widow. Collecting X-Factor number 40, Uncanny X-Men 245, What If number 7, which I believe is the What If Wolverine was an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., if I remember correctly, because I think I had that in my collection back in the day. Uh, Captain America number 1 through 6, Avengers 1 through 7, uh, Wolverine 145. 154 to 157, and Onslaught Reborn 1 through 5, plus material from Amazing Spider-Man Annual 223, and Marvel Comics Presents 51 to 53, 85 to 86, and 99, and of course, Heroes Reborn 1 half. How could you forget the half? (laughs) Yeah, there's (laughs) no rounding up in comics. Nope. And that was that was back in the uh, Wizard days when there were half issues that were exclusive to Wizard. Yep, I, I do have a couple of those in my collection. The uh, Teen Titans one half issue stands out in memory. I, I remember the uh, Captain Marvel uh, one half, uh, the Peter David Captain Marvel one half. Oh, yep, I've got that one too. Yep. I think there was also an Ultimate Spider-Man one half that I had in my collection at one point, and I'm not sure if I still do. Yeah. Recollecting Ultimate Spider-Man as Power and Responsibility, Marvel Select Hardcover. Speaking of Ultimate Spider-Man, so if you want the first seven issues of that, you can get that in a new hardcover edition. Wow, Bill Jemis with a writing credit. (laughs) That is very early 2000s. It sure is, my friend. It sure is. Boy, oh boy. And they're doing the same treatment they're doing for Rob Liefeld for Jim Lee on page 111, the Jim Lee double XL hardcover, collecting a whole bunch of Uncanny X-Men and, uh, and X-Men issues one through three to go on top of that. Looking through the rest of this, that's just about it on my end. Uh, let's see, there's a collection. Well, there, there's hmm, getting into the X-Men stuff here fairly heavily. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good New Mutants comics collected on page one thirty, the Demon Bear Saga. Ah, nice. I think that was in. Uh, I think that was in an Epic collection somewhat recently as well. So maybe that's a resolicit of that. But could be. Yeah. There's a few Epic collections here. Yeah. Uh, including on page one thirty-two, uh, the Fall of the Mutants, and on one thirty-three, the uh, Legendary Dark Phoenix Saga. So Very more nice. opportunities to own those if you don't already. I think I think if I remember correctly, I got Fall of the Mutants during the quote-unquote Amazon glitch. There was a time where Amazon was selling a whole bunch of hardcovers for way cheaper than they were supposed to be. And I, I, re- I think I remember getting like four hardcovers for less than $30. <laughs> yeah, they they canceled a whole, lot, a whole lot of them, but I got in like right under the wire and got to... Uh, at least, I think at least two X Men hardcovers and uh, the Criminal hardcover by by uh, by uh, Brubaker. I remember getting as part of that as well. Way to exploit the failings of technology. Amen. Um, page one thirty five. There's a collection of uh, Latter Day Starjammer stories, mm-hmm. including a four issue mini by Warren Ellis and Carlos Pacheco from nineteen ninety five. Huh. Yeah, with uh, foil stamped covers, all of course. Not brand ech, the complete collection. Featuring a lot of work by the late, great uh, Marie, F- Marie Severin. Yep. I believe we just brought up uh, Not Brand Ech last, uh, 
last month as well as being part of one of the other collections that was being put out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. It's Marvel's in-house humor mag of the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. Uh, more uh, Peter Porker, the Spectacular Spider-Ham. Uh, the older <laughs> material this time on page 137. More Wolfman uh, Tomb of Dracula being collected on page 139. Yeah. It's a very striking cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like 80s book market quality. Yep, and uh, gorgeous Gene Cullen art, of course. Mm-hmm. And on page 140, a collection of the uh, original uh, epic and Marvel Weird World material. It's a concept that was revived in somewhat altered form in recent years. Uh, but this is the original stuff uh, by Doug Monk with uh, art by John Buscema and Mike Plug. I think it was Jason Aaron that revived it uh, during Secret Wars. Yeah, it was definitely one of those Secret Wars type things. And uh, I want to say uh, James Robinson's Squadron Supreme ended up in a weird world mm. as well. Yeah, that's a, that's another one of those series I need to catch up on on, 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 on Unlimited because I remember you uh, mentioning that a while back. And that's that's about it for me except for... They keep putting them on the last page, so I'll go ahead and mention it again, because last month it was the Adventures of Spider-Man. This time it's the Adventures of the X-Men, Volume 1, collecting the X-Men animated series comics of Days of Old, written by Ralph Macchio and Nell Yamtov, penciled by Ben Herrera, Mike Miller, Roberto Flores, and Alex Saviuk. And uh, this is the the '90s kid in me is very happy to see the adventures of uh, of the X Men getting back into the public eye one way or the other, mm. including a crossover with a Spider Man animated comic too. It looks like. Yep, because I remember they had uh, the I think the other half of the of that uh, crossover was in the Spider Man collection last month. <laughs> About that. Yep. All right. We, we done. We move on. All right. Out of Marvel and on to Dynamite. Dynamite it is. Uh, Red Sonya returns. Yeah, she's been gone for how many months? Uh, not many. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this this is supposed to be from her earlier days. So, okay. Luke Lieberman and uh, Sergio Davila on page 178. And an interesting-looking mashup on pages 182 and 183. Uh, Warlord of Mars Attacks. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sounds like a Wheel of Fortune before and after puzzle. It does. But yes, it is John Carter of Mars beating up on those uh, old uh, uh, trading card Martians from uh, Mars Attacks. Exposed brains and all. How do we reconcile uh, the uh, Barosian uh, world of Barsoom with uh, these silly-looking trading card creatures that definitely are not a part of uh, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs' imagination? Well, uh, that's up to writer Jeff Parker to explain. And I swear he's wearing He-Man's outfit. It really does look that way, doesn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Oh, man. I, I now I, This is like the second time this week I've heard Mars Attacks referenced, and now I just really want to rewatch the movie. I, I refuse to. I'm sorry. Any movie that contains the gratuitous murder of a golden retriever is does not warrant a repeat viewing from me. Understood. Understood. I can fully uh, I can fully appreciate that. 
When I was at the uh, Museum of Popular Culture in Seattle recently, they actually played a quick clip from Mars Attacks, including that scene. I left the room immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just no quicker way to lose my attention than to, to slaughter, you know, the... I mean, I've got an example of the that noble breed sleeping at my feet right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Can no perfect. sympathy for the golden retriever killers. As as the uh, son of a dog groomer, I a hundred percent understand. Very good. Um, oh, on page one ninety, this is something uh, Chris probably would have mentioned if he'd had more time. Uh, the uh, ongoing James Bond series being written by Greg Puck. Um, it's uh, given us an awful lot of odd job, and now uh, his erstwhile employer, Goldfinger himself, shows up. You think you know Goldfinger, but you don't know this Goldfinger. Go inside the mind of the most ruthless sociopath in the world, courtesy of Greg Pak. Every time I hear Goldfinger, I just think of Goldmember from Austin Powers. <laughs> I love... a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I love gold. <laughs> And uh, go, going back a few pages, actually, go. let's flip back to 186 just for a minute for the absolutely adorable cover here of a, a crossover we've all been waiting for, Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, The Mystery of the Missing Adults, hmm. original graphic novel hardcover, writer Scott Brian Wilson, art by Bob uh, Solanovic, and uh, it's uh, teaming up these... Uh, some of the most famous kid detectives uh, that we've ever seen together into one uh, original graphic novel. Yeah, it looks uh, good for younger readers. Oh, definitely. I think I've already blown my dynamite stack. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll mention uh, The Lone Ranger, The Deft Smith Cattle War on, uh, on page uh, 195. Just because it's uh, Mark Russell and has an amazing John Cassidy cover, even though I know he doesn't do the interior art for these. Every time I see the covers for the Lone Ranger, I'm happy. So hopefully the ins- <laughs> the interior art is half that good. Uh, it's about that. I, <laughs> I did buy the miniseries. I, I don't mean to, to damn Bob Q with faint praise. No, no, uh, please. Yeah, as Jamie would have said. But uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting plot. Uh, Mark Russell draws on the real world historical uh, event of the invention and patenting of barbed wire mm-hmm. and somehow spins that into an actual uh, adventure tale of, uh, of the western plains huh. why not so after all the uh, barbed wire was uh, a major threat to the uh, unfettered freedom of, uh, of, of, of those plains as being used as a, a way to uh, concretely and visibly mark territory <laughs> and tell the uh, high plains drifters where they're not allowed to high plains drift and then they got to so. drift somewhere else. Mm-hmm. All right, and I got one more. I'm um, 197, and then I'll call it quits with uh, with dynamite. On on uh, creators alone, and a absolutely gorgeous cover. I may very well wind up giving this a shot, whether it be from the library or whether it be somewhere else. But Rainbow Bright Volume One. Uh, the writer Jeremy Whitley. Mm-hmm. And the artist uh, Brittany Williams with Xenia uh, Pamphill as well on there. And uh, Brittany Williams worked on the Patsy Walker Hellcat series for Marvel. And that was very, very well done. And the art on that was gorgeous. 
So I, I, I'm willing to give that a shot. And uh, Xenia has worked on Princeless with uh, Jeremy Whitley before. So this is far from their first team up. And it's uh, giving a brand new, a pr- very, very brand new take on the character of Rainbow Bright than what we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Much more complete and uh, mythologized backstory. Very much so, yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I like, I like seeing recreations of these of these characters. And considering uh, how well some of the other reimaginings have done, whether it be on Netflix or elsewhere, in recent memory, because uh, She-Ra is fantastic. Um, I, I, uh, I'm curious how this, how this turns out. Moving on. All right. Time for boom. Boom it is. I see a lot of ongoings and not a lot of first issues. Well, first thing I've got down for boom is, uh, actually, well, actually from Archaea under boom, an original graphic novel called, uh, New World. Okay, uh, written and uh, illustrated by David Jesus Vignoli. And it's uh, set in South America. So this is uh, after bringing up uh, the uh, terrible Elizabeth Dumb versus the uh, devils in suits in our last episode. Mm-hmm. Here's another example of uh, South American set comics. Uh, mm-hmm. New World, it's, uh, it's set in the distant colonial past of, uh, of South America. And it's from the point of view of uh, three different characters, uh, which uh, the copy tells us, uh, uh, all in some way tie into uh, the author's personal heritage. So we've got a Portuguese sailor, uh, an African slave who is forced to work as a musician, and uh, a warrior woman of the Amazon rainforest who apparently rides on the back of a giant macaw. Macaw! A little bit of a fantasy element involved here, and uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'm in for this. Actually, it's it's it sounds yeah. like a really neat concept. It, I like the grounding in history. I like uh, the departure from history, uh, i.e., the uh, giant parrot, and I just like the, the the tropical color scheme. Basically, I'll buy anything that's got a big parrot in it. That's uh, that, that, that's enough to sell me. I'm one of the five people who bought Marvel's uh, Enchanted <laughs> Tiki Room miniseries from a couple of years ago. So I guess me and parrots is a little bit like Jamie D and monkeys used to be. I'm I'm very glad they reset the t- the enchanted tiki room back to its original personality after uh, retheming that a couple of years back. You know, this is something they actually did down at Disney World. Yeah, the uh, well the uh, the the enchanted tiki room. Yeah, uh, that mm-hmm. that was uh, uh, they they I think they had added in uh, a bunch of uh, like more modern characters in it and and rethemed it and wound up switching it back to what it originally was after most people are like, what the hell did you just do? <laughs> happy to hear that. Yeah. Also happy to have missed it entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. It was the Enchanted Tiki Room, parentheses, under new management, uh, featuring Iago from Aladdin and Zazu from The Lion King. Uh-huh. And uh, they reopened it back as the Tiki Room in 2011. Okay. And... uh no tropical birds from animated Disney films to be seen. Mm, for the most part, yes, yes, I believe that. I believe it was essentially back to normal after that. Yep, wouldn't have minded a cameo from either of those uh, birds. Sure, but, uh, I'd, I'd rather they not uh, take over the whole works. Yep. On 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 page uh, two eleven, by the way, right before that, uh, as a former huge fan of the Power Rangers, and I mean, I still dabble every now and then, mostly when Julian Weidel tells me something cool is happening. Um, I, I've been wanting to check out the collection of Shattered Grid, 
just because a it's got alternate realities and b it actually seems like a really sophisticated uh story in power rangers lore but it basically involves a uh an alternate reality version of tommy oliver the green ranger who has taken over his world and become like uh the character named lord dracon i believe they pronounce it and uh, he tries to make his way over into the main power rangers reality and take that over as well um and i I've been wanting to give this a shot, and they finally have it here collected, so I will make that happen. So this will probably be the first Power Rangers comic I've read since the 90s, but it, <laughs> it may very well be worth it with writers like Kyle, Kyle Higgins involved. And uh, the art has always looked pretty, and those covers as well have very basically had me sold. So give it a go. I can just about guarantee you it'll be better than whatever you read in the 90s. I will agree with you because most of those looked like the uh, Pizza Hut X-Men comics. So, (laughs) yeah. Yes, I was actually thinking of those Pizza Hut X-Men comics when you were talking about the Avengers of the X-Men trade. (laughs) Part of me hopes they they deliver those in like volume two of that. (laughs) (laughs) Deliver. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, now here's something else from Boom that I have been waiting for for quite some time. Page 222, I finally get to try Grant Morrison's Klaus. There we go. Um, yep, it's finally out in paperback, soft cover, uh, by Grant Morrison and Dan Mora. It's like a psychedelic... Uh, um, I can't even say medieval. It's probably longer ago than that, but it's... a ancient European shaman uh, portrayal of Santa Claus. Like, uh, it's, it's Grant Morrison's own deeply weird version of how the Santa Claus <laughs> mythology began. Roots in Viking lore and Siberian shamanism. There it is. Well, if it's Grant Morrison and you didn't say the word weird, then I'd, then I'd think that it was somebody ghostwriting for him. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll, I may I may check this out as well because it, it it was just just crazy enough when, when I was reading the solicits back in the day. So yeah. this is, this collects uh, all seven issues. Wasn't about to pay full cover price for it back then, but now nice cheap single volume, which will be even cheaper through DCBService.com. I think the time has finally come to see whether or not I think this take is worthy. Yep, it'll be twelve ninety nine, thirty five percent off on DCBS. Very good. Ah, uh, they're collecting uh, Jim Henson's Fraggle Rock, Where Is It? Uh, a Alt Baltazar presentation, written and illustrated by. This looks like it might just be something new. I'm not seeing issue numbers associated with it, so it may just be a new a new uh, Archaea boombox uh, hardcover for, uh, mm-hmm. for Fraggle Rock. I think you're right about that, Ian. Yep. If it had been a miniseries first, I almost certainly would have picked up the single issues. Yep, but uh, always happy to see some new Fraggle out there. No, definitely. Oh, wow. Uh, Adventure Time Marcy and Simon number six is finally coming out, so there'll be a collection of that eventually. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of sad that pretty soon it wouldn't surprise me if we stopped seeing Adventure Time collections, period, since that Mm -hmm. series is now concluded in a very conclusive way. To say the least, so I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if they're gonna maybe do a next generation style story eventually, but uh, for now, there's not many other stories that could be told unless they're in the past. Mm. 
Yeah, which they always could be. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I never did think a, a Cartoon Network did right by that series. Uh, I, I would agree with you, um, but I'm very glad that it ended the way that it did. Yeah, at least they gave it that much of a chance. Please, yeah. No, I, telling its story. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the quote-unquote bomb style of releases, and uh, they've been doing that a lot lately over at Cartoon Network where they release like seven or eight episodes at once, and then you're got all these things on your DVR or, or you're watching them at once and you're like, I didn't even know these came out. Now there's 10 episodes to watch. <laughs> it's like, you're not Netflix. You can't release things like Netflix, but kids don't care. I know, but adults do. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready for the rest of the book? Rest of the book away. And I, I've, I've got one almost immediately on page 231 from Ahoy comics are one of our, favorite current uh, uh, creators. Steel Cage number one. Three short stories serve as pilots for Ahoy's next ongoing series, and readers get to choose which story will continue. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, uh, go ahead, Ian. No, no, no. I was just going to say a very cool concept. And hmm. uh, I, I think that that uh, some other publishers have tried that in the past and I hope it works for Ahoy this way more details await on page 254 where we learn that uh, we get our choice between Mark Wade's Noah Zark in which an alien boy is kidnapped into an interplanetary zoo and becomes the heroic protector of his fellow exhibits uh, from Tom Pyre true identity we learn what secret anguish drives the most beloved superhero on earth and then Stuart Moore's Bright Boy, the grim tale of the world's smartest human and the havoc he leaves in his wake. Oh, my God. I'm not going to be able to choose. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to choose because, you. I mean, usually with these, like, they're – okay, uh, to put it simply, when you, when you see something like this from, a, from an independent uh, c company, you're expecting, like, maybe three, three stories from, you know, new star, uh, starters, like ones that you're not familiar with. You have a you have a Stuart Moore, a Tom Pyre, and a Mark Wade story. It's going to be very hard to choose from. They're all great creators. Mm. Yes, based on reputation alone, it's going to be difficult. But yep. uh, we're just going to have to let their works speak for themselves. Yes, and I will definitely do that, and I will be voting. Uh, I've got something from another uh, company that's just been grinding out uh, quality new concepts lately. Uh, Aftershock. Mm-hmm. Uh, page 246, a new series called Trust Fall by writer Christopher Sabella and artist Chris Visions. <laughs> and uh, it's about uh, a young woman who is a member of a, uh, a major crime family uh, who happens to have the ability to teleport. Hmm. And uh, the problem is uh, she can't teleport herself. She can only teleport other people or stolen goods. So she's always dependent on her family okay. uh, to provide her extraction from the scene of every crime that they pull, which makes every job they pull together a trust fall. <laughs> so, counting on her family to uh, bail her out. So uh, uh, you know, as, as tensions begin to build between her and the rest of uh, the, her family and their criminal empire, you know, uh, what, what, what's going to happen next? So that's kind of an interesting you know, crime fiction story with a super-powered twist. I think I'm going to try the first issue of that. 
Yeah, no, it sounds really cool. It's just with a name like that, I just I'm, I'm imagining each page have like a trust fall, and then just just see somebody <laughs> you know try to fall directly in the hands of somebody else. It's couples therapy comics, exactly. But that sounds really cool. I've I've always uh, I've been a fan of of the the ones where you know the actual individual cannot teleport. You know, like like ones ones where they're that 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 gives a nice a nice balance to the to the to the power itself. Got to right. got to have more planning involved that way. <clears throat> uh, Adam Glass and and Aiden Glass uh, on page two fifty two are putting out a tray paperback for uh, the Lollycon Kids. At least I think that's how you say it because it's very stylized in the font there. So it's I think that is actually lollipop. Lollipop. There we go. Lollipop kids. There we go. Yeah, that is really difficult to read. You're right. I had to look all the way down to the bottom line of the solicit. <laughs> yeah, they got they they may need to workshop that logo a little bit a little bit more, but it uh, contains the first five issues of that series, and uh, art looks cool, and uh, so do the designs of the characters there. But uh, looks like. Uh, it's set in the woods of New Amsterdam. Uh, they, there was a secret prison deep in the woods, and they were left there never to return to the old world. And those woods have been have since become Central Park. So, of course, weird stuff's going to happen. Next note I have is uh, fairly far forward on page 294. From Cave Pictures Publishing, a new superhero concept from Jim Kruger, co-writer of Earth X. Hmm. Okay. And uh, also creator of the Foot Soldiers for Dark Horse. Uh, it's called The No Ones, and it's about a uh, superhero team at uh, the peak of their popularity who accidentally kill an innocent person and uh, then, you know, for the, to preserve their brand and uh, their, their fame and fortune and all that stuff, they cover it up instead of... You know, going to the proper authorities with it, and uh, so that's it's the story of the uh, uh, how they kind of sacrifice, lose their souls in so doing this, how everything starts to unravel. Yeah, that's got to suck. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's got to if there's going to be the requisite amount of drama. Oh yeah, we got uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle action on page two sixty two. Rocky and Bowinkle as seen on TV, number one. It's uh, brand new adventures of Rocky and Bowinkle for everybody out there. I'm looking for the creators, but I don't actually seem to find them. But at the same time, it's 32 pages of Rocky and Bowinkle fun. So that yeah, that- the creators rarely seem to be that important to American mythology. I feel you on that. But either way, I'm happy to see Rocky and Bullwinkle return in some way or another to the world of comics. Moving forward, got let's see anything here in Archie to catch my eye. Mm, more Vampironica. Uh, <laughs> hmm, Archie Jumbo Comics Digest number three hundred. I'll just mention it for the fact that they got to issue three hundred. So congratulations to them on that. Oh, yes. Many happy returns. Indeed. Uh, they're still producing some of these, uh, or reproducing some of those uh, old Formula Archie comics. Yep. Avatar doesn't have anything for me this month. 
Yep, our cinema purgatorio is over, so I have a lot less reason to pay attention to Avatar from here on out. Well, Chuck Dixon's got a new comic over on page 284. Yeah. Militia number one. Artist is Jethro Morales. It's about 40 young girls who become pawns in a bloody civil war. And a special forces unit is sent in to show the world how it's done, apparently. I don't know if that's quite my speed, but uh, anybody who's looking for some new Chuck Dixon work can give it a shot. But I, I may wind up passing. He is one of the better action writers in the field, I think. He is, yes. But, uh, but yeah, the concept, I will agree, does not appeal terribly. Yeah. What's next? What's next? What's next? Ooh, there is a lot of TNA, and I'm just moving past it. <laughs> Boundless is just women, women in different poses. That's like four pages of it. Let me go. Let me move on. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what they do. Yep. I'm camping out here on page 322. I'll I'll wait for you to get there. All right, scrolling down, scrolling down, all the way down, all the way down. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, 307. Harder to do in PDF. Uh, 318. You said 320? 322. 322. I am there. Good. All right. So some exciting news from uh, one of Europe's premier comics publishers, Humanoids. Uh, they're trying to launch a superhero universe of sorts. It's going to be called H1. Okay. Um, and uh, they're tapping a couple of uh, well-known uh, talents in the English language comics world, uh, uh, to advise them on uh, their first few concepts. And the very first of these is a series called Ignited, um, which uh, features input from Mark Wade, co-writing with Kwanzaa <laughs> Osajiefo. Yep. That's, that's the best I can do. Um, and the concept here is basically, what if a whole bunch of uh, survivors of a high school shooting um, find their X-gene triggered by the experience. They suddenly gain superpowers. Hmm. That is the, the high concept behind Ignited. So these are like the, those uh, activists from Stoneman Douglas High down in Florida. What if they had gotten superpowers? What would they do with those powers to further their new cause of preventing acts of violence like this from occurring again? Well, that's that's a cool meeting of the minds there. Uh, Mark, Mark and Kwanzaa working together because uh, you know you got you got the meet you know Mark Wade and all of his years of experience and Kwanzaa on, uh, from working on Black and everything. Uh, this that's I actually I'm actually really interested in that. Thanks for pointing that out. Mm, sure thing. That's that's why we do this, Ian. Yes, indeed. All right, I'm gonna have to earmark that and check it out mm. once it's available. I do get the feeling it's going to be more Kwanzaa than Mark, though. Probably, yeah. Just uh, reading the interview on pages 324 and 325 with Mark Wade and also John Cassidy, who will be advising on uh, an upcoming H1 series. Yeah. Sounds like uh, Wade was just mainly enjoying the experience of keeping his mouth shut (laughs) and just sitting there in a room full of uh, creators, uh, many of whom are not uh, white and or male, Mm-hmm. And just uh, learning from them as opposed to just uh, you know, listening more than talking, as he puts it. I am a okay with that. Uh, one thing, one thing that I'll that I'll mention though is I, I miss Mike McCone. I I haven't seen him on on nearly enough stuff lately. And just looking at this cover, I'm like salivating. Like I need I need some good Mike McCone work to to wet my whistle. It's been a while. 
But unfortunately, a cover is all you're going to be getting from yeah. him for this project. I know. But I'll keep an eye out for his name in the in the next couple of months, though. Maybe I'll get lucky. I've got a, a graphic novel called Minus on page 328. Uh, that looks like it could be uh, pretty cool from the cover. Uh, Beck Beveroth is the sheltered homeschooled daughter of the overprotective Gil. Raised in the isolation of her father's remote homestead, Beck is on the edge of independence for the first time ever. Uh, she's been accepted to college, but uh, she decides to road trip with her dad, but their plans go violently off course when Beck hears gunfire and uh, winds up uh, emerging from hiding. Her father and their car are gone, and she's the only person left alive. Very fascinating. I, I, I'm on the edge of my seat even just thinking about it. That's, that's out of Iron Circus Comics. Once again, that uh, the title is Minus. And by Lisa Nafziger. Mm-hmm. That's how I would have pronounced it. Yep. And uh, you can get it for ten fifty on DCBS. Mm, not bad. Yep. On the facing page there, number 329 from Knockabout Comics, a fabulous furry freak brothers compendium. <laughs> An introductory sampler to the Freak Brothers for the new reader, containing a selection of the best classic strips. All right. Yeah, from uh, legendary counterculture cartoonist Gilbert Shelton. Yeah, that's... I've been curious about the Freak Brothers for some time now. And so here's a... uh, A sampler is exactly uh, what I'd uh, like to try. Uh, Downside being is that it's uh, 14 bucks for only 64 pages. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's that's a drawback. And I know it's going to be less than that from DCBService.com. Well, sure. Yeah. So but, I'm giving that a solid maybe. Well, let's let's see. Fabulous. Furry. I want to type that in. Uh, well, you're not getting much of a discount. It's uh, 11.19 on DCBS. So huh. 20% off. Little less, but not that much. Yeah. Uh, slightly shakier maybe now. Yep. And, uh, and a reminder from our from our previous previews, issue two of Drawing Blood Spilled Ink is solicited also on that page 329. So if you're interested in it from when we talked about it last month, here is issue two of Kevin Eastman's new series. Right. It's uh, ever so slightly autobiographical. Yep. Just a little bit. A little bit. Well, I found my way up to the Oni Press section. Go ahead. What page are we yeah. at? Uh, we're looking at page 350. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they keep pulling me back into this line of Rick and Morty comics. <laughs> hey, hey, we got we to gotta get out, Morty. We got to get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here we have uh, – it's, it's a uh, latest in a series of uh, character-centric one-shots that they've been doing. And this time <laughs> it's Mr. Me Seeks. Uh, Look at me! Uh, Helpful fellas that uh, emerge from the magical Meeseeks box uh, perform whatever task uh, their summoner uh, puts before them, and then they pop back into blessed non-existence because Mr. Meeseeks is not really into existing. They like to just come, do whatever job they're assigned cheerfully, and then go poof. Hmm. Uh, But this time they've been assigned to find the meaning of life. (laughs) (laughs) If you make this hard for us, things are going to get real ugly for you. And it's written by James Asmus. Uh, you gotta work on your backhand. 
Yeah, J- J- James Asmus is a is a is a good writer to have on uh, on Rick and Morty. He's got a, a very good sense of humor. I actually interviewed him back in the day. And a very very cool guy. Yeah, so happy to have him aboard the Rick and Morty train. Yep. Is this the first Rick and Morty comic he'll have written? Do you think? Um, I think so. I don't remember seeing his uh, his name attached to it previously, but I haven't been paying super close attention, so I could be wrong. I'll, I'll mention a little bit before that on three forty six for the name alone. Super fun, sexy times, volume one. <laughs> Meredith McLaren tells five short, sexy stories featuring superheroes, supervillains, sidekicks, and the people who love them. So, sort of a, a little bit of a romance comic going on mm-hmm. there with uh, with superheroes. Well, superhero sexploitation. Mm-hmm. All right, why not? I'll mention it. On page 353, Dream Daddy, a dad dating comic book. So, Dream Daddy is a video is a is a uh, video game where you're okay. where you're basically se- uh, it's it's a point and click adventure type of scenario where you're setting yourself up with different uh, male romances, um, and uh, you're you're trying to find yourself uh, you know the the best the best match for your for your character, and uh, this is the Dream Daddy comic based on that visual novel video game. So uh, this. Uh, this invites people to Maple Bay, where they play as a single dad, new to town, and looking to hook up with other dads. Uh, Leighton Gray is the writer, along with Vernon Shaw, Josh Trujillo, Spike Trotman, and Lee C.A., and Wendy Wu, and a slew of artists on there as well. Soft cover collection of 128 pages. Retails for 20 And, uh... The DCBS price on that would be twelve ninety nine. Solid thirty five percent. Plus, Kim Reaper right under that is just cute. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, okay, Chris already covered uh, the Stan Lee story on page three sixty four. Uh huh. Um. Under uh, Titan Comics, uh, page 369, we've got a, uh, a collection of uh, some classic 80s uh, mystery and crime comics. Ms. Tree, written by uh, the uh, well-known Max Allen Collins, with art by Terry Beatty. Yeah, I saw that. That's a very striking cover. Yeah, by uh, Dennis Cowan. It's a full-on 50% off on DCBService.com. Very Plus nice. Plus, you're $12.50. I'm already looking forward to, to, next, to next month seeing that they're going to be releasing Blade Runner comics. Oh, through Titan. Yeah. Right there on the header. Blade Runner 2019 coming in, the next, in next month's previews. Mm. Oh, and another thing coming out from Titan. Uh, the same month that we finally get that... Uh, uh, soft cover edition of Grant Morrison's Klaus on page 374. Santa, My Life and Times, an illustrated autobiography. Hardcover. <laughs> it's with art by Bill Sinkevich yet. Wow. Oh, my God. You, you, you just got your Santa all over the place this month. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm getting my jollies, you might say. <laughs> 
as uh, written by Jared Green. And uh, I'm really liking the softened art style that Sienkiewicz is using here. It's uh, kind of a pleasant fantasy as opposed to eye-bleeding surrealism. Yeah. Well, he is, he is certainly capable of many a style. It's an ultimate Christmas keepsake. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Indeed, I will. As a Christmas professional, I tend to be fairly finicky about my interpretations of Santa Claus's life story. So <laughs> I can do a little compare and contrast between yep. the two that are coming out through this month's catalog. So, uh, I, I think that would make some make for some good comic talk material later yes. on. Later on. I think we're on to something, Urian. All right. Alrighty. Rolling back to 368 real quick, since we are on Titan, uh, might as well mention their manga offering, since it's a volume one. Uh, Ryuko. It's uh, by famed Japanese artist Eldo Yoshimitsu. And it tells a bloody tale of of a Yakuza princess. It's a homage to film noir and Japanese gangster cinema. And I enjoy both of those things. So this this will be probably right up my alley. And a part one of a two-part criminal saga. So you only have to worry about buying two volumes of something. Not even that much of a commitment. Volume one comes out in July. Chris has touched on tomorrow's publishing for us. Mm -hmm. Under Valiant, on pages 378 and 379, a new take on the the Lords team concept. Uh, It's written by Fred Van Lente, and it's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah. That, uh, and and is that... Sorry, I, I thought for a minute that might be a JK cover. That's very, very reminiscent to some of the uh, some of the Star Trek's uh, the, the co- covers that he's done. But it is not JK. It's uh, Rod Reese. Okay, but I uh, love the art style. Renato Geddes is uh, is is the uh, main artist on the series, and I also really enjoy his work. So, yeah, that that looks like some good team up. Among characters and among creators. Yep. <laughs> you can you can pre-order all twelve issues if you want to. Huh. As part of a pre-order edition bundle. <laughs> I'm trying to steal uh, DCBS's thunder there. I guess so. Yeah. Bundles of their own. <laughs> Dan Abnett's got a got a second issue of his Fallen World miniseries. So if you picked up issue one, issue two is out this month. Oh, here's the thing that I must mention. On page 388, the other side of Valiant, mm-hmm. uh, under Viking Books for Young Readers, a Trot and Cap'n Bill adventure, Sea Sirens. Hmm. And I must mention this because this is based on uh, some of the... Uh, the, the uh, I hesitate to say non-Oz work of L. Frank Baum, uh, because it features characters that he ultimately folded into his line of Oz stories. Oh, wow. But originally, uh, Trot and Cap'n Bill were characters that uh, he created to try and, well, start a new series of non-Oz fantasy, because he got a little bit tired of writing nothing but Oz after a while. Mm-hmm. So he created Trot and uh, her, uh, her her guardian, uh, Cap'n Bill, who was an old peg-legged human sailor. And they've been reimagined here as uh, a Vietnamese-American surfer girl and her pet cat. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's it's... <sighs> 
a fairly drastic reimagining of L. Frank Baum's original story, uh, The Sea Fairies, which did have a sequel in Sky Island. That's probably going to be volume two of this. Um, but anyway, this version of Trot and Cap'n Bill go down uh, to uh, an undersea civilization of mermaids under attack from the Serpent King and his slithery minions. Yeah. So this is written by Amy Chu with art by Janet Lee. It draws heavily on Vietnamese mythology. It's an interesting wrinkle. And the artwork uh, by Janet Lee uh, is uh, it's got kind of that uh, early 20th century faintly Art Nouveau. It, it, it looks like John R. Neal's illustrations. Mm. So it's uh, it's taking a certain amount of liberties with the, the Baumian source material, but uh, it's it still looks very interesting. I hope uh, younger readers like it. Yeah, and, uh, and Amy Chu has been proven to be a, an excellent writer in the past, so it's uh, worth giving a shot for sure. I'll, I'm going to jump up just a little bit to 384. Go ahead. Uh, uh, we've got test number one. Mind you, I, I noticed it almost entirely for the for their alternate cover, which is a complete uh, homage to uh, Transmetropolitan. Oh, uh, without question. <laughs> straight from the first issue. But uh, the, the, the actual uh, series sounds really interesting. It's by Jen Hickman. I don't think there's any relation, but uh, that could be proven wrong. Aleph Null is a lot of things, an orphan, a human guinea pig undergoing medical tests for cash, a body hacker, a hardcore future junkie, and a corporate asset. But now Aleph is on the run from his from their old life. I guess he's supposed to be genderqueer. I guess so. Uh, and uh, in search of a mythical Midwestern town named Laurelwood where they're test marketing the future with tech they can't possibly exist yet and won't for decades. So it looks like we got some time travel going on. Quite possibly. And it's a preview selection for Gay Pride Month. Yes, it is. Or for, well, LGBTQ Month, I think, for Pride <laughs> Month, I should say. Yeah. But uh, nah, that seems, seems like a really interesting concept. I'd, I'd be willing to give it a shot. All right, ready to uh, spotlight some more manga? Sure am. We got on uh, the 11th issue of Disney's Tim Burton, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Zero's Journey. That's something I didn't know existed until this very moment. But yet again, Tokyo Pop, you surprise me that you still exist, but <laughs> you're still out there and you're on the 11th issue of something. So you must be doing something right. Page, I guess so. Page 402 for that one. Yeah, I have the uh, Zero issue of Zero's Journey. Ah. I think it might have been a free comic book day. Uh, Sounds about right. Offering. Yep. Here's a, here's a featured item, actually, on page 413 uh, out of Viz. Comey can't communicate. Socially anxious high school student Shoka Komi's greatest dream is to make some friends, but everyone at school mistakes her crippling social anxiety for cool reserve. I have no idea what they're talking about there. I've never experienced that before in my life. <laughs> yes. Totally unrelatable to me, too. No, never. So uh, that, that, uh, if you, for any of you fellow awkwards out there, this may be right up your alley. <laughs> I'm actually considering. I, I I I saw that in my sweep through the previews catalog. So, I, <laughs> nice. That's a possibility for me too. Yep. 
homie can't communicate. Let's see what the discount is on that, because it's uh, only going for uh, for $9.99 normally. And uh, if I put in Comey, let's see. Uh, yep, special discount. You can get that for a solid five on mm. DCBS. 50% off. Sounds worth a try to me. Most definitely. And for you completionists, they have a complete box set of every Dragon Ball manga. Yeah, that's that's a lot. They have both the original Dragon Ball and then they have the Dragon Ball Z complete box set. So that's, whoo boy. Yep, $140 and $220 American, respectively. Yep. That is a lot of volumes. 16 volumes in the original Dragon Ball and 26 in Dragon Ball Z. If you have the shelf space and the moolah, make it happen. If not, you can probably get it for cheaper uh, piecemeal. How many inches of shelf space would you need? I mean, it's, it's a little late to be doing math, but... Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> something like 26 inches. Oof. Yeah, that's, that's, that's rough right there. Now that I know that there's a Splatoon manga, I might have to track down the first five volumes of that, but they have a volume six of that. Splatoon is easily one of the most fun video games that uh, that di- that uh, Nintendo has put out in the past couple of years. Uh, they don't put out a lot of original IP these days, and Splatoon was their first shot in years, and it's about uh, kid squids who, uh, who, who <laughs> shoot paint across a field to try to defeat the other team. It is super fun and uh, a shooting game for all ages, which is probably the only one that exists. So they're supposed to be squid. They're squid kids. They're 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 kids who are also squids. It doesn't have to make sense. No, indeed, it doesn't. <laughs> it just has to involve shooting. Yep. The uh, the way you get across the field is you actually disappear into your own ink puddle. And then you basically slither across the uh, across the stage to get to new locations. So you shoot in front of you, and then you use that ink to move along. It's a super fun game. One of the most uh, enjoyable online experiences I've had, because I'm not much of an online player to begin with. You got anything in the manga section? Um, nope. I think uh, Comey Can't Communicate is about the only thing I would have brought up. All right. Then, let's see... I think I think I'll wind up going with, and apparently April is manga month, according according to previews. So April's a lot of things, but uh, I'll mention on page four twenty six out of Denpa because I like to mention them as much as possible, and it's not just because the man who runs it also gives me beer, but uh, <laughs> super dimensional love gun graphic novel. It's a re-release of the uh, Shintaro of Shintaro Kago's first book published in English. Iroguro is a mix of splatter violence, humor, and titillation, and manga artist Shintaro Kago has helped to find a genre for the last twenty years, collecting fifteen different short stories from his illustrious career. Super Dimensional Love Gun comp- compiles stories of neurotic dark humor and unease. I like the idea of neurotic dark humor. That, that can be right up my alley sometimes. I can see that. Yeah. 
And I think that's where I will call it a time. However, there is tons of manga and tons of stuff under the manga collection that is part of Pride Month. So anybody who wants to take a deeper dive into that, please just go crazy because it is all over the place. If any section is going to be positive for Pride Month, it's going to be the manga section. Mm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yep. And I just did a quick sweep through the swag section at the back of the book and I found nothing at all. All right. And I've got a a four-footed uh, surrogate sister here on the floor by my side who's getting a little anxious to be taken to the bathroom. So let's yeah. uh we we better wrap this up. All right, sounds good to me. I doubt I would have had anything really in that section anyway. So we have officially shot our previews bolt. Oh, yes. All and, right. Uh, shot my dog's bolt as well. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, Once again, uh, you know what? Screw it, I'll say it. We're sponsored by DCBS, Discount Comic Service, over at dcbservice.com, where you can find plenty of discounts on your orders, 50% off of DC and hardcover uh, and uh, Marvel hardcovers and bundles out the wazoo, up to 50% off on DC, Marvel, and a couple of others as well and vertical bundles and uh, find random discounts wherever you can all over the website dcbservice.com we thank them for their long time sponsorship and Murd take us out you certainly do and I thank you for uh, taking care of that uh, sponsorship mention for me <laughs> no problemo sir I pinch it when I can I'm starting to slur my words here <laughs> okay but I think I've got enough left in me to say the following all right if you'd like to send us an email, our address is comicbook at gmail.com. If you'd rather leave a voicemail, you can call 267-702-6642. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we go by at Comic Geek Speak. You can go to thecomicforums.vanillacommunity.com, which is our online forums where you can uh, leave feedback on this and many other episodes of our show, or just shoot the breeze with your fellow CGS listeners and comic geeks on a variety of topics, whether related to the podcast or not. Um, we'd like to give special thanks, as usual, to uh, those of you who may have donated monetarily to the show in the past. We really appreciate it. The show would not be what it is today with not, if not for your support. And as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time.